This is Chris Somney, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. There you go, free and clear. No obstructions at all. Your bowels were totally clean. Totally. Totes. Much like in the immortal words of Jack Nicholson, this town needs an enema. Yep. This country needs an enema. <laughs> Can't talk politics, but you're not wrong. Yeah. The, the amount of stupid... Tonight for a quick second. Sorry. Yeah. Now, the amount of stupid people in this country just amazes me. Um, whenever I drive by someone's house and they have a certain sign oh. in the yard, I'm like, okay, you're dumb. I, I have thought for a long time that we should have like a touchscreen citizenship test and if you don't pass it at the booth you don't get to vote Ooh. and I'm not talking about like crazy shit I'm like who's the vice president yeah. how many amendments yeah, how many amendments, how many amendments are there? <laughs> why wasn't Obama in office on no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> do you really think Obama praised, praised Allah no we gotta get to the bottom of this oh. why wasn't he in the uh, he was on vacation. He was exactly. doing that job. Again, not to get into politics, but as you guys know, because we talk every day, I was at a charity event on Friday with my wife. And it was like Sweet 90% my friends. People I consider my <laughs> friends, right? I had to leave. I had to walk out. They tripping? That You know, people, alcohol and strong mm, yep. opinions, bad mix. For real. So yeah, I was inundated by people I do consider friends. With the wood, you're so smart, I can't understand why you're not voting for X. <laughs> and I was like struggling. And, you know, again, my view on this is like, I'm not convincing them not to do what they're going to do. And they're not convincing me, obviously, to change my mind. So, like, let's just talk about other things. But in your, in your mind, there's a column. And you just put a tick in fucking wacko. No, oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. No. And that tick will never go no, away. No, you're 100% right. Yeah. You know, and the thing that, that that really frustrated me is that uh, is that like I don't know, like I'm not going to say the other side of the of, of the race is like great Your choice, right? Like, I mean, I'm not no. Lord, I mean, listen, I, I'm not going to even you can't front on that either, right? Like, this is the best of of two evils. But like when I say the words like, well, candidate X is a bigot. Or misinformed, and people say to me, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like, where's the evidence? <laughs> Do you not have a TV? I, what? I got to tap out. I got to disconnect." Yeah. Yeah. And again, I know half of our listeners are probably going to hang up now because they're like, "Fuck this guy." But I, this is what was said to me on Friday that made me leave. Wood, you know, big awkward. Wood, you know, Obama hates America, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I, it, I internalize it. I internalize it, and I'm like, "Well, I'm like, I don't think we agree there." I'm like, "But I am curious. Why do you think he hates America?" Because I'm looking at someone that just spent eight years as the president of the United States, and they're like, well, "Dude, I mean, it's all his grand plan." And I'm like, "Okay." I'm like, "So what? What's the end game for his grand plan? Because he's about to stop being president." And this is what they say. I will bet you, this is what they said to me. I will bet you $1,000 that within a year of his giving up the office, we will have footage of him outside on a mat praying to Allah 
And I'm like, so you're telling me that for a thousand dollars within a year, there will be incontrovertible video television proof that he's been secretly an Islamic fundamentalist. And they're like, yes. Which is ridiculous, number one, because what does it matter? He doesn't bring it into the White House with him. Even if he is. Oh, but even if he is and he was like a fundamentalist, wouldn't he keep it on hiding? It's ridiculous. So, but you know what? But no, so I, I shook my man's hand, like, love your brother. <laughs> and then I went through my wife and I said, sweets, we gotta go. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I, I think it's best to leave. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, she's like, I had a couple drinks. Are you good? I'm like, I've had one sip of beer because I would not be able, and yeah, we bounced. And I, and again, it really frustrates me because these are people I think are generally intelligent people, good parents, like upstanding members of society, you know, like hard workers, good earners. Like I, I, but to your point, Vince, like it's caused legitimate, like perhaps sustained disdain for me with them. As well it right? should. Yep. All right. That's enough politicizing. I apologize, but that's it. But you know what's not insane? Discount comic book service? No, this is 11. We're not even at that point yet, but this is 11 o'clock comics episode 439. And I am Vince B. Wow. You are Vince B. I am tempted to take a page from my co-host's book and, and say I'm Commissioner Price in honor of our guest this evening. But instead, I'll just say I'm Davis. You are, and I am the new leader of the Great Lakes Avengers. I am Flatman. <laughs> you're not Flatman. No, you're not. I don't. Well, I don't know that because you have lost some weight. Maybe you are Flatman. Nah. Pro- prove you're not. I bet you a thousand dollars in a year we'll have pictures of you. But you're not. You're Jason Wood. Wow. In the house, and we got a surprise for you this episode. Yeah. After we get done with the formalities, we'll let you in on that. But first, if you want to get cheap comics, where do you go? Discount comic book service. DCBService.com. It's the only place to go because they will give you your favorite funny books and collectibles at a fraction of the retail price, such as from Image. There's this book coming out by Scott Snyder and Jeff Lemire Mm -hmm. called AD After Death, book one of three. It's an extra large Mini, well, it's a three issue mini series, but each issue is extra large. 72 pages, or I think he said 80 pages. 80 pages, three issues. Yes, it's a combination of sequential art, prose, and spot illustration. They're taking a chance because when you're Jeff Lemire and Scott Snyder, you can take chances, which is good. Cover price, $5.99. Not bad for 80 pages. But if you're a DCBS customer, you can get it for $2.99. Craziness. From our friends at Dark Horse and our buddy Matt Kent, it's Department H, hardcover, volume one, subtitled Pressure. He does this with his wife, Charlene. It's an amazing series. The hardcover retails for $19.99, respect, for six issues. But you will not pay that. You can make it your own for $9.99. Bringing up the rear is Valiant. They're injecting um, Savage into the Valiant universe. B. Claymore's writing it. Clayton Henry and Louis LaRose are drawn and illustrating it. Cover price four bucks. Your price one ninety nine. Notice the trend. Reap the rewards, people. DCBService.com. Don't be silly. 
squander your money on stuff you don't have to. Unnecessarily. That's the word I was looking for. Mm. What are you drinking? What are you drinking? Me? Yeah. It's like Beetlejuice. Me? Me? Talking to me? Uh, I'm more depressing than I remembered. Did you? you? Uh, No, I meant Howard. I was talking about Howard Stern's Beetlejuice. Oh, the beat. It's Beetle and as bad as it can and you know he's the best. Me? Me? Um, I am drinking for the first time Wild Cherry Diet Pepsi. Unacceptable. Why? It's not bad. It's aspirate, it's aspartame oh, free. It's like, I ain't, that's not gonna die. This, this must be what it's like when you're driving like a indie car and like Mr. Mixes Pitlick magically makes a brick wall appear right in the middle of the racetrack. Oh my goodness. The poop I have to take from you. Stop right in our tracks. Right. What are what you are drinking, drinking, Jason? Wow. I'm drinking, uh, one of my go-to wines, Close de los Siete. Yeah, you like that. I love the grape. Love the grape. Great, babe. And David, tell us. Uh, I am drinking something that was delivered last week. Shout out to FedEx. Uh, this has a very funky you looking label. FedEx. Yeah, as if they did anything that they wouldn't have done. <laughs> hey, Look, thank you, FedEx, man, for doing your damn job. That was expert placement of that parcel on my slayer. Shit. I'll tell you guys afterwards why, and shit. why I had Go to, ahead. uh, this is, uh, Wicked Aim Cabernet Sauvignon from, uh, Knocking Point and right there on the back label in big bold letters, you're holding some delicious, easy drinking cab right here and never was a label more accurate. This has a, um, the front of the bottle has a, uh, pretty wicked piece of art down the middle. Of the arrow on one side and Casey Jones on the other because this is produced by Stephen Amel and his, uh, his partner at Knocking Point. So really, really good wicked aim. Cabernet Sauvignon. So I have been, I have Casey uh, Jones, Turtles Casey Jones or driving driving that train Casey Jones? No, he played Casey Jones (laughs) in the second shitty movie. Stephen Amell played Casey Jones in, uh, yeah, whatever, Out of the Shadows or whatever the hell it was called. Yeah, just for your information, mm-hmm. my love, you're cutting out occasionally. So. That's, that's weird. We gotta be, uh. Well, you guys very, were too. You got, you guys were during the interview also. So I, I don't know if something's going on. Wait, who, but when you say my love, you talking about Dap or me? Of course yeah. I was talking about Dap. Yeah, was, Man, see her. Shit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he thought he was in there. He thought he was in for a second. He's like, but I'm, yeah, I'm not, I didn't. I didn't feel it. I've got a lot of but clothes. So. We got something that you're going to feel because we're going to we're going to put us on pause for a little while, and you will now hear. We'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back. But now you will hear Jason's interview. Oh with my god, Jeff Lemire! It's great. It's it's no, an no, hour no. of no holds barred. Jason, no. Jeff, Jason, like, Jeff, I'm, Jeff, Jason. I love you, old man Logan. Yeah. <laughs> Take liberty, Steve. Take no, man, it's great. Uh, I was riveted. I just wish I could say something, like, but I was riveted. I was, I was, this must be what like to have a real brother. Cause like, yeah, you I guess. Them, you love them and you hate them at the same time. <laughs> like, you, you can't abandon them because you would like do anything for them, but you still want to punch them in the face. 
I have arrived. <laughs> Let's go to this magnificent interview. Cue that shit up. Uh, we're going to talk about other things than Bloodshot Reborn briefly, right? <laughs> that's good, yes, man. It, good man. It, yes, because if you want me to speak, that's the one one of Jeff's books I'm not calling. Damn you! So. All right, three, two, one. So we have <laughs> Lewis. Oh, say, oh, shoot up. Dude, I'm all <laughs> up. You always step on me, though, right? You always there. You go. I'm going to keep that for posterity. <laughs> uh, let's get serious. Here. Nine years. Okay. This is very important. Nine years. Three, two, one. We have with us, as we alluded, a very special guest tonight. He joins the very rarefied air of being a three-time guest of the show. Wow. But this is not your usual three-time guest because this man was one of our first ever creator <laughs> guests. A.K.A. Guinea Pig. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> he was first on the show way back on episode 48 in March 2009, so seven plus years ago. And then he joined us again in episode number 186, which was in November of 2011, shortly after he went from being primarily a creator-owned maestro into doing both creator-owned and stuff at the time, mainly DC. He's been a little busy since then. We haven't had him <laughs> on, but he has kept himself busy. You all have probably read one or two things that he's been on. It is uh, our longtime friend and, and my current leader of the pack for the 2016 11 O'Clocker Writer of the Year, Mr. Jeff Lemire. Welcome. Hi. Hi, fellas. How you doing? We are doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm sorry I haven't been on in such a long time. Um, the last time I was on, I was so insulted and, and disgusted by all of you that I vowed never to do it again. <laughs> it, it ha- you know what? You're not the only That's one. <laughs> oh, I know. Okay, but you're probably we not. Have a, we have a weekly meeting. <laughs> yeah, we got rid of Chris. I know. Yeah. That was that was the first step in, in my heart warming again toward yeah. you. <laughs> Recovery begins with Chris exactly. all the time. Exactly. So, uh, all right. Listen, first of all, welcome back, seriously. It's uh, it's great to have you back. Yeah, no, it's good Good to. talking to all three of you guys. It's been way too long. Yeah, it's sure. funny. I mean, when we were, uh, when you agreed to come back and we were sort of locking it down, I, uh, we went back when and When the lawyers finished negotiating yeah, terms of my, <laughs> my appearance. Your various riders. Hope the, uh, <laughs> I hope the, uh, I hope the, the blue M&Ms were excluded per your request. They were, thank you. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to look back at the show notes and see what we talked about in, in those episodes many years ago. And, and, and then to go to like comic book DB now, which a lot of our listeners know is sort of the place you can go if you're curious about a creator that you like and you want to know where else to find their work. Uh, it's just astounding, dude. I mean, you've been, you know, needless to say over a six, six plus year period, you're going to, you're going to rack up a lot of credits, but you have been inordinately prolific, I think, uh, over the last five plus years. It's, uh, to the point where, um, and maybe a great place for us to start to chat is, you know, you, you have a, a blog and you you update it fairly frequently. And, and not, not too long ago, you actually wrote an article or a blog post about sort of how you are able to manage writing, you know, what is effectively a half a dozen plus books monthly and, and also continue to be a cartoonist for both your own book. And then, you know, you've got some stuff coming up, which we'll talk about later that, uh, you know, we're sort of working with partners. So like, you know, uh, how do you do it, man? Like it's, it's <laughs> not easy, right? And we know lots of guys that, that write one or two books and feel overwhelmed and you've been banging out like 
four, five, six books of super high quality across different genres for years now. So what's the yeah. secret? I don't know if there's any secret other than, I don't know. I, I, you know, I just, I really love what I do and I always want to be working and always want to be writing. So I basically, I don't have any life other than <laughs> work and, <laughs> and family, you know, which is kind of what keeps me happy. So I, I just focus on both those things. And, um, I, I love comics, you know, I mean, I, I just love doing it. So if, if it wasn't my job, that's what I would, I would be fighting to, to get any spare moment I could to do it. So the, 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 the fact that I get to do it as my job and, and to do it whenever I want is, it's hard to not want to do it all the time, you know, and then you get, you know, there's all the creator own stuff that I do that I, it's obviously very important to me and, and, and everything. And then you get offered interesting characters and interesting collaborators at places like Marvel and DC. And this is stuff, you know, like you guys, you, you grew up reading this, these characters and, and reading stuff set in these universes and it's really hard to say no to some of this stuff because it's so fun to do, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I don't know that there's any secret other than being really passionate about it and being, I guess, a workaholic and, <laughs> uh, just being really disciplined and structured too. I've always been like that, you know, even before I was doing right. so many projects, I just was very, you know, when I had to work a day job and then trying to make comics at night and stuff or, or vice versa, work at night and trying to make comics during the day, I, I learned to be really disciplined and sure. use, use that time. You so know, what wisely, is the, so. what's your schedule like then? Is, is Monday moon night? Is Tuesday bloodshot? <laughs> is, is, or are you just like whatever you feel like that you're in the no, mood for? That's what's... I got a pretty good system where, you know, my Monday to Friday, like nine to eight, well, I guess it's more like seven thirty to four is, uh, my studio time where I, where I draw mostly, you know, so really the bulk of my week is still spent drawing, which is kind of my first love. And, and, you know, right now I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about stuff, but I'm doing that book with, with Sky Snyder and, mm-hmm. and then I have another ongoing myself that I'll launch after that. So I've been busy with that stuff. And then the writing really is kind of, I hate to say it's my side gig, but it's kind of, you know, <laughs> I, I, there, I are, there are aspiring writers that are cursing you right now. Saying, yeah. I wish my side gig was five well-selling, well-regarded books. Well, it's, you know, I do that, you know, I'll come home and do the family stuff until my son goes to bed like he just did now. And then, you know, I'll sit down and write for a couple hours and doing that, I can usually do one script a week, you know, that way. So, you know, one script a week, you can probably do four a month. And if you stay far enough ahead on things, you can kind of switch one or two in and out here and there to keep it, keep it kind of sane. So I usually only working on one book a week in terms of writing, you know, uh, this week it was, I was just finished writing an old man Logan script today. And, um, and then next week I have a, an X-Men script I'll work on and I just kind of rotate them like that and stay really far ahead on them. And, you know, like for instance, Moon Knight, I've already written 14 issues of Moon Knight. So it's, Wait, you've written 14? I have. Yeah. Dude, I've, I've read yeah. the first five. Am, am I that behind? Yeah. No, it's only no, six. No, no, or, no. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I was yeah. Gonna say, I'm geez, so far ahead that I can. Awesome. You know, put Moon Knight aside for like three months if I want until I get really mm-hmm. jazzed up and get a bunch of new ideas saved up and then jump back to it. And it's kind of a fun way to do it. You know, you sort of get really into one book and, and kind of spend all your energy on it and all your ideas and then you kind of put it aside until you build up the, the reserve again for it. So yeah. It's kind of, yeah, that's kind of how I do it. Stagger them like that. And, and yeah, just sort of, like I said, most of my, most of my day is still drawing, which is fun. Cool. Yeah. So. Let's, let's talk about that for a second. Cause I mean, you are in a unique position. I mean, there's, there's, there's certain people, you know, that I guess probably not coincidentally that we're all big fans of, you know, yourself and like, you know, Matt Kent and, 
and uh, and Jason oh, Ford and guys like that. that who you know, and I mean like guys that are <laughs> I think very talented writers and and cartoonists, and you do both, right? And I think that's it's not easy to do. I think it's it's very time consuming, and they're different passions. And so I guess I've always I've wanted to ask you for years, probably since the last time we were on. Now that now that you're in the position of you're, you're, you 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 draw your own stuff, you write for lots of other awesome cartoonists, mm-hmm. and then you you know on occasion, especially like now with this after death, are 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 cartooning with and for another writer. So what as a you know for you, what's the stranger or harder thing like writing for someone else to visualize or visualizing someone else's script? Uh, visualizing someone else's script is definitely the hardest for me because mm-hmm. I, I, i'm so used to drawing my own stuff so it's all kind of the same the writing and the drawing when you do it that way aren't really separated you know into two right. different disciplines it's all just part of the same creative process you know you're just telling stories and it all kind of works together so to kind of step step back from that and then have to read someone else's script and and uh, it, that's trickier to me. Writing for another artist is really easy because they do all the hard work. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, and you know, when you, the, the only trick with writing for other artists is just to try to work with people who, whose style, storytelling style kind of complements w- what I do so that I can just kind of let go and let them do their thing. And, you know, I've, over the years I've found some really good collaborators that I, I kind of return to now, like Sorrentino and yeah. and Dustin on Descender and, you know, people who just, we just gel really well. So it's, it's very easy for me to step back and just write the scripts and, and kind of let them, let them go nuts. Um, but yeah, it, writing Scott's script for drawing Scott's script for, for after death was the first time I'd really done that on a big project. I'd only really, there was a couple short stories that other people had written that I'd drawn, but this was sort of the first, full length thing so that the first you know the first few weeks doing that it was just sort of an, an adjustment um but we 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 quickly found our rhythm scott and i and, and it, it kind of it became, fair to say you were only comfortable kind of doing that which as you noted is a little bit different for you because you have been a you know long time good personal friends and collaborators yeah. with scott because i don't know if you remember this but like i don't expect you would but like many many years ago at uh at uh at one of the cons Right when Scott was first getting into the the business doing American Vampire, um, I had bought a page from from Paolo from from uh, American Vampire, uh-huh. and you were very graciously because we knew each other. Um, so I bought the page, and you were like, "Oh, do you know Scott?" And I I did not know Scott at the time, and you immediately walked me over to Scott and like made him sign the page and everything. Well, I'm, I'm a pretty nice but, guy. I mean, but, yeah, you're an awesome guy. Uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, and, but my point is, you know, see, I know that you've been friends with Scott, like, sort of since he yeah. was, too. Well, you we, guys are kind of contemporary. We kind of broke in at DC together. Yeah. The exact same, literally the same day. <laughs> like, Jeff Johns and, and Dan called each of us. We were both at Vertigo and, and kind of tapped us to try something for DCU. So we kind of, we kind of called each other and like, did this happen to you? You know, and then from that day on, we've just sort of been such good friends. So yeah, I, I don't think writing, Drawing stuff for other people isn't something I really aspire to do unless really special books, projects like that kind of come along where, you know, Scott's such a great writer and we've been friends and, and I think fans, I, I think we were both just new fans would be really excited to see us work together like that because it's so different from what we both do uh, usually. I'm ready so. to buy, I'm ready to buy pages. I'm already ready. <laughs> cool, man. So yeah. It's, why don't you uh, talk fun. to us a little bit about after death? Like what, what should we yeah, expect? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so, well, it's kind of been a weird evolution where I think originally Scott told me about the idea for the story back in, um, 
I don't know, like 2012 or 13 or something. We were, I think, at a DC, one of those DC editorial summits or something in New York and having coffee. And he told me this short story idea he had, that, and I just fell in love with it. And I said, oh, man, I'd really love to draw that if we could ever find the time. And, and uh, I don't think we were really too serious about it, but we kind of followed up on it later. And, and the story, which was originally was very short, like it was going to be like a 20 you know, just like a single comic book issue, kind of like 22 pages or whatever. Um, it's sort of, the more we talked about it, the bigger it kind of became. And then, and then we started talking about doing it as a graphic novel, like straight to, straight to hardcover graphic novel. And that's kind of how we announced it a couple of years ago for Image. Um, then we started working on it seriously and drawing it and stuff. And then again, it just kind of grew. So now it's become this bigger project. So as it, what we've settled on, what we've kind of done is three 80 page volumes that'll come out monthly starting in November. Um, and then eventually we'll collect it, of course. But so yeah, three 80 page books starting in November and I'm about halfway through the third one now drawing wise. So nice. uh, it's, it's getting there. Yeah. It's been, uh, about a year and a half working on it with Scott and obviously he's really busy and I'm busy. So there've been a little breaks here and there, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm, I know well, I'm being cool very vague about the story, but no, I was going to say I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut, cut you off. I was no, go ahead. The cool thing is that uh, you know you guys are both at a, at a point in your careers where like you were able to take your time to do this and kind of get it in the can, right? Because there's nothing more frustrating than uh, and again, I mean from our vantage, like as as, as long time massive fans and readers of of lots of comics and also you know people who do a weekly show, like there's nothing more frustrating from a fan perspective than like getting super stoked for something by creating yeah. like and then having it just like. Not come out or getting delayed, so it's yeah, cool you guys too often. So yeah, it's it's cool you guys took your time to to make sure it was locked up. Yeah, and I think we're both. I mean, we're both in a pretty lucky, privileged kind of spot right now, where we have so many other books for other publishers that are selling well, and we're kind of established. So this was a chance for both of us to kind of just do whatever we want and take a chance and and take some risks and experiment and you know knowing that the worst case scenario we'd be okay you know so mm-hmm. we kind of really went for it and it's really different from both of what either of us have done you know half the book is prose that Scott's written he he comes from a background of sure. prose and and I yeah. do, I do sort of spot I guess you call them spot illustrations on these pages with his prose and then the other half is more traditional comics format and kind of switches between the two and uh it's pretty i think we think it's pretty cool <laughs> hopefully it is but it, you know it's uh it's interesting if nothing else it'll be pretty different from anything else you i'm know, sure and putting out so have you gotten a chance to see like the uh like the pre-order numbers yet or anything i sure i assume there are no i haven't i think that's still okay. kind of kind of happening now so we're, we're kind of i'm sure the, they're sure they're gonna be gangbusters yeah i mean i hope it does well you know it, that's always uh, you know, obviously that's part of it, but the real the real joy is just working with your friend and creating something together and, and something you're proud of, and then you hope if you do that, people respond. So you know, fingers crossed. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. While we're on the subject of a book you're illustrating, and before Jason monopolizes any more oh, of your time, uh, <laughs> hey, buddy, hey, I just I just prepare. I'm the guy that prepares. I'm the analyst. We're all we're all prepared. You're just the fastest that's talker. Now, you're illustrating this book. Is it going to be Trillium style or more in to, um, sync with your earlier stuff? Um, well, I, I think my work's continued to evolve, you know. I, I, one one thing that – one good thing about re- drawing something someone else has written is you can just really focus in on the visual stuff more than I ever have before. So I've, I've really – I think m- 
the artwork in this book, AD, is probably the best I've ever done. And, um, it's, and it's, I guess it would be closest to what you've seen in Trillium where I'm, I'm watercoloring oh. the book myself too. So it's, it's, um, I mean, nice. I loved working with Jose Villaruby on Sweet Tooth, but there's, my work is so kind of loose and expressive anyway that I feel like the watercolors or just another extension of that is, you know, right, it works right. really well with it. So yeah, I think probably closest to what, what, um, Trillium looked like, but it's evolved a bit from there too, I think. Neat. And that was one of the things I wanted to ask you had we had you here when we were talking about Trillium, because this, there's a stylistic shift in that book. Um, was that something that you had in your back pocket? While working on Sweet Tooth, no, or did that I, it style just, evolve? I think I, I, it tends to be every time I finish a project, it's kind of you can kind of step back and, and look at what you've done and, and all the things that bother you about your work. That's kind of the time to do that when you're not in the middle of something, you know, and, and, and then you kind of make shifts or changes or try to improve certain things or experiment with watercolor, for instance, or, or whatever. And so I think it was just a matter of finishing Sweet Tooth all in one style and then and then kind of having this breath of fresh air where you could try some new things. And, and then again, this, mm-hmm. that's happened again, I think after since, since Trillium and, you know, I've done a lot of drawing since Trillium, just none of the stuff's come out yet. So, um, I have like this AD, uh, a graphic novel called Roughneck, which is very much Essex County esque in its subject matter and mm. stuff. Uh, that's coming up from Simon and Schuster next year. Jam. Even though it's been done for two years. Um, Is it really? Wow. Yeah, just weird scheduling stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'll have a new uh, image book that I'll be writing and drawing a monthly. So I've been drawing a lot of stuff. It's just kind of been all stockpiling up. So Yeah. Yeah. Right. And what's your favorite brand of uh, watercolors? If uh, I, I don't even know what I use. I, I got. It's like one of those things where you, it's a mismatch of all kinds of right. different... So you- <laughs> you're not precious with no. it like you don't have to use Windsor Newton I do find you? Windsor Newton to be the best quality I gotta say of the ones I do use you, I tend to get those if I can uh, and I also just have um, this little travel watercolor kit that I love The some of the colors in it are just a little bit different from what you can get in a tube so I use that for a few certain colors I'll just use that neat yeah. so awesome. what's the uh I have to say, Jeff, like, I feel like I'm up, I'm sort of on top of what, what you've got, uh, brewing. And then I, I, I was checking out your blog. Like, what's the deal with Secret Path? Yeah, Secret Path was a, an interesting project. It was something we kind of kept secret. Well, secret, uh, and, uh, <laughs> I'll try secret, to, secret path. yeah, it was, uh, about three years ago, I was working on this graphic novel, Roughneck, which the one I, that's going to come out in, in April from Simon right. Schuster and, and in the process of working on that book, uh, I was kind of became interested in sort of, uh, indigenous culture in Canada and the history of, of the native people of Canada and stuff because it, it kind of tied into the subject, subject matter of that book. Um, so I was spending a lot of time up in northern Ontario here, really far north, just under the Arctic Circle and a few, uh, First Nation communities and getting to know those communities and doing some research and out of all that, um, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of, there's a band, a Canadian band called the Tragically Hip who are, they're huge here. They're like massive rock stars in Canada, but they never really broke through in the States. Okay. Um, anyways, the lead singer of that band, this guy named Gord Downey, uh, he was a fan of Essex and he, he contacted me with this project, The Secret Path. And what it is, it's, um, it's a true story. So, uh, I'm going to, it's 
it's a very sad story, so I hate to bring you guys down, <laughs> but you asked. Uh, uh, anyways, up, it's a true story set in in Northern Ontario in the 60s. Um, and it, it's the story of this young native boy who was taken from his home and put into a, like a Catholic school, just like, you know, tens of thousands of native children in Canada were in the 60s. Um, and they're kind of, you know, the, the, the idea was to take all the native children away and sort of, uh, and, you know, indoctrinate them in Christianity and sort of get rid of their native culture and, and language and separate mm. them from that. It was, it's a pretty horrible part of our history, our country's history and something that is kind of buried and not really taught. And so Gord had brought this story to me about this young boy who was taken away in the sixties and he tried to walk home to his parents reserve in the North, not realizing how far he was. And he, he froze to death on the tracks on the way and then the school covered it up and it became this whole thing. And, um, he had written 10 songs based on this, this story and he wanted me to do a graphic novel, adapting the songs into a graphic novel. So I, I, I would been kind of secretly working on that in between everything else the last three years. And, um, that project will, that book's going to come out in, uh, in October, which is the 50th anniversary of Charlie Winejack is the boy's name. It's the 50th anniversary of his death so the book will come out on that day and it, it comes it's pretty cool as it, it comes um with the album and the book are packaged together so it's it's kind of this cool you know you the the book is wordless it's silent comics and then you're supposed to kind of read it as you're listening to the music and it's 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 pretty interesting so that's what that is well that sounds great it's pretty cool and then uh, the cbc our national television network here is also creating an animated version of it for the same day. So they, they're literally taking my drawings and like making them three dimensional, making them move wow. and stuff. It's so it's the first time I've seen my work kind of do that, which is really cool. So that's so real. Must that be, huh? Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I don't know if you know, but there's a very good chance that, uh, come December 11 o'clock comics will be relocating to Canada. So what? <laughs> well, I mean, the oh, goes a yes, certain way. Sorry, we may, yeah, I, you, that went by me too. Yeah, yeah I, may, you, I, may, I may be moving up. We may all be moving up there. You, it's, you're not safe here. Trust me. No, the, the reach of Trump is everywhere. We're oh. just as scared as you are. Hurts my heart, Jeff. Hurts my heart. <laughs> Let's leave that be. Let's leave that be. Oh boy. Well, there is one person we can call to take care of that. Who's that? Oh, yeah. Thank you, Vince. That <laughs> was nice. For how many minutes we could have you on? Sweet love segue. It. Now, Jeff, I, I, I'm, I'm sure you've been listening to our show religiously. I'm sure you have. Uh, of course. Oh, of course. Especially you have to be insulted. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so, so with that in mind, you should know that there is no uh, – and look, a little pat on our back. There's no popular podcast out there that is as big a fan of Valiant as our show, and I'm not going to take cool. any credit for that. Dap and Vince are – Waving that flag wholeheartedly, they're fully on board with all things. That's cool, uh, man. Valiant, so. more than I love to talk Valiant. So, so let's do Vince, it. Vince, take it away. <laughs> well, I went as far as to say that Bloodshot Reborn is the best book on the stand. I'm really proud of it. Like two or three yeah. weeks. Ago, yeah, it's fantastic. Thanks so much, man. It's been. Uh, um, I'll let you. I'll let you praise it. I'll just. <laughs> <laughs> Actually. Um, I wanted to know if you have to get into a special headspace when you write Bloodshot Reborn, because it has to be the most depressing book. <laughs> I mean, it's loaded with action, but I, I like to try and put myself in the, in the shoes of the main character and to consider my life as Bloodshot. <laughs> um, I love this. This is. <laughs> 
Keep going. It, it's, it's, I, I, and he can't even, he doesn't have the benefit of even killing himself to ending the pain because the nanites would just, you know, they would stitch him back. Together. They would. But, um, Ray is uncertain and that's, you know, saying the least of anything in his life, anything he experiences, he doesn't know whether it's real or a project rising spirit memory implant. Yeah. It's, uh, and it's, it, I do have to get into a pretty dark spot, especially the first couple yes. arcs. I, 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 but I was kind of, I don't remember. I wrote that a while ago, the first few, but I, for whatever reason, I think I was in a pretty angry spot then. So I just yeah. channeled it, but yeah, it's been, but, uh, it's been fun. I know it doesn't sound like it, but that book has been really fun to write just because, I mean, the Valiant stuff is so new still, and the universe is so young that I feel like Matt with Divinity and, and Ninjak and the stuff he's doing and Josh on Harbinger and Rob on Exo and me, we can get in a room and we, there's still so much we can do to like world build and, and the stuff, whatever decisions we make still make are so important to the universe as opposed to, you know, at Marvel or DC, this stuff's 70 or 80 years old. So, right. you know, the world building was done in, you know, at Marvel in the sixties, really. And you're kind of still just sort of going off of that. Whereas I feel like we're kind of on the ground floor. And so with Bloodshot, it was like this blank slate where every arc I could just sort of blow his mythology out and expand it each, you know, a little bit at a time. And yeah. Right. I- I gotta be honest though, if you play that Project Rising Spirit False Memory Implant card would, too many I times. Do it again, Vince, I promise. No, cool, cool. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, it was. But that's the thing. I mean, you have to be, be a bit sadistic because he, he finds what could be love with Kay McHenry. Oop, she sacrifices herself to save him. <laughs> then he finds real affection with magic. Oops, she's gone too. It's like but the, story the guy can't get right. break. Or, like I just called uh, you Ray. The story. That's cool. I am Ray. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Right. It's not over yet, Vince. Dude, you're more like Faith, Vince. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> what a dick. What a dick. Um, so, so this, the new K. McHenry appearance may be legit? Deathmate? Oh yeah, that's her. Oh, great. Did I spoil Cause it? I, you know, I don't know what issues are. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, if they're not reading it, it's on them. That's right. But, um, so who's, I don't mean to cut Vince off because he's been waiting okay. for this all week. Um, so who's, was that, was that your idea? Yes. To bring Death Eight in? That's yeah. awesome. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. You know, actually the little trivia that when, when Matt and I did the Valiant, the, the miniseries that kind of kicked off what I'm doing Which in Bloodshot awesome. now. And that was my first thing for Valiant. We were, that was originally going to be called Deathmate, that series, just because we wanted to like, oh, take that name and like, <laughs> and really fuck with retailers because there's such hatred for that brand, you know, but it yeah. turned into something else. So it was always kind of there. And then, and then we just thought, well, that's a great name for a character, you know, and kind of, kind of like, reclaim the name. So yeah, that's her. That's Kay for sure. And, um, cool. It could still be done. You could do a Deathmate miniseries okay. and have one be red and black and blue. That'd be great. Um, yeah. The the uh, the if you want to call it the trade dress for the previous arc, I with the with with the um, the sturdier covers and I I was because I didn't I was falling behind on Bloodshot and then once Vince was really ragging on us to 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 read the. The previous one, um, I 
was so hoping that the series would would basically just take that packaging from yeah. from there on. Why why that story to get that special treatment? I have no idea. Yeah, that's like I guess that's something like the Valiant Marking people would be able to answer. I didn't. I don't know the rhyme or reason for some of the stuff that they do, but I think it was just because Lewis Larosa's art was just so amazing that they kind of felt it was a good chance to kind of pull it out and try to bring some more attention to it or something. I guess. It was a good move. It. It, it was, was a good move. Yeah. 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 I think uh, the Bloodshot USA miniseries that comes out next after Bloodshot Island, I presume that will be in that format as well. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. So you're going to be sticking with Bloodshot as long as they want you to write it. Yeah, I, I, I have a long-term plan still. I mean, I'm 20 something, but I, you know, by the time Bloodshot USA ends, it'll be like 20, almost 25 issues I've done. And I have a lot more left, so yeah. I feel yeah, like, I mean, you're the man. So, so, I mean, it's just, you know, cause I, again, we've, we've, as I joke to me, but it is serious. We, we do spend a lot of time praising Valiant and, uh, you know, I look at, you know, you're doing, you got, you got a Dark Horse book. You got obviously multiple image books. You got, you got plenty of Marvel. You've done a bunch of DC. You're working on Valiant. Like, is there something, I guess the thing that stands out to me about Valiant and, you know, certainly we are the, we are the champions of not caring a hoot about sales versus quality. Like we don't, I couldn't tell you what the sales numbers are for 99% of the books that we praise. We buy what we like and read what we like. But, but I guess, you know, there's a reputation that like Valiant, like doesn't you know isn't isn't as big a seller per se as like yeah no I and the, image. So my question is like, is there something about Valiant as an organization that um, is alluring? You know, and is it is it the characters? Is it the 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 management team? And I ask that because yeah. it's you. You know, it's, I mean, as you know, we're huge fans of Mad and like there's just amazing creators like Clayton Henry and Lewis and like it's just it seems like they get amazing talent to work in that universe and like stay in that universe and. Yeah. That that is uh you know that is a testament to something whether it be the characters or the yeah. people or both. Well, for me, it's all it all comes back to Warren Simons, the the editor in chief, and uh, he's just the best guy in the world to work for, and mm-hmm. he, he just creates such an atmosphere of creative freedom. And like with Bloodshot, it it feels like Bloodshot's a creator-owned book to me, you know. And I know Matt feels the same way about Rye and about Divinity and. Like, we have that much freedom, you know, and that much support from him. And also, you know, it's like, for me, it's a kind of a unique thing where, you know, when I first started out with with Essex County and stuff, self-publishing and then publishing Essex County with Top Shelf, back then it was, you know, this would be like 10, 11 years ago. Yeah. I'd go to conventions and it would be me, Matt Kent, Nate Powell, Rob Venditti, you know. And, and oh, yeah. It kind of felt like this little family, a little comics sure. family that we had back then at Top Shelf. And then. And now I almost feel like that family has kind of moved over to Valiant, you know, it's right. like me and Matt and Rob's there and, and Josh, like Josh, I knew Josh from the early Vertigo days when he was doing Unknown Soldier and I was doing Sweet Tooth, but still it kind of, the little group of us, it just kind of feels like family, you know, and Warren feels that way too now. And so it, it's not, you know, I, I understand like if I'm just, if I just were to step back and look at my career or whatever, Bloodshot really doesn't sell that much, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things compared to X-Men or whatever. But it's like you said, who cares? I, I have so much fun writing it and I and so much freedom writing it and I get to work with my friends. And I, I don't know. It's just sometimes that stuff's more important than sales and money and or whatever else, you know. I, it's just yeah. it, it's fun to write. I want to write it. That's, that's a good thing, <laughs> you know, because sometimes you get assignments and 
after a while you don't want to write them anymore and i haven't felt that way about bloodshot sure. yet you know i want to i love the idea of like a couple years from now having like a 50 issue run of bloodshot or something that's all in one big omnibus that i just that's awesome. took this character that was you know blank slate at the beginning and built this huge mythology that well, that's the thing yeah. that you know, you're alluding to. I mean, that's the thing, right? I think I, I don't know if the is the first time we all met you in person. Was that Windy City? It was around there. I mean, it was yeah, like, I did a couple Windy Cities. I think. Yeah, that was Vince and I never made it out of Windy City. Yeah, and so I think about that to your point. I mean, that was it was you. Like, I think the Windy. I can still picture it because we helped set up. It was like you, Kent, and and uh, and Nate were like one, two, yeah, three. Yeah, I remember and, that, like, yeah. bro. And yeah, I mean, like to your point, it's like. That's the fascinating thing to me about Valiant. And again, I, 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 these guys give me shit because we have so many comics and, and uh, I, everything I've read from Valiant's great, but I'm admittedly behind, uh, by some time versus these. Oh, dude, these I mean, guys. there's, yeah, five years of living stop. in a, stop. These, but these two guys, I mean, Vince especially, I mean, David loves Valiant, but, but Vince, I think it's clear. I mean, as you know, we kind of have this annual awards thing that we do and, and it's like, we joke, like Vince has already got like, like, you, like Valiant's on lock for like all the big awards for him because it's just like it's his favorite publisher and that's you know again to your point like it's, it's just it's what it's what's floating his boat and that's great. Yeah, and I think pound for pound, if you put those seven or eight Valiant books they put out every month up against you know anyone else, it's some it's really good stuff. You for know, sure, great artists, great writers. They they let us they let us own the characters and really put ourselves into them. And it's it's a great place to work. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So. If we could jump though, I want to jump to uh, I want to jump to to uh, Black Hammer. That's good. So, I was actually going to say this is a great segue. I'm going to make an, an exclusive announcement on oh the no. yes, yeah. and uh, it came, it comes from our previous conversation. There's gonna there's going to be a, a giant size Black Hammer annual that we're working on right now, and the art the artists on the book will be Matt Kent, Nate <gasps> Powell, Dustin Gwynn, oh. Emmy Lennox, oh. and me. Oh, and Ray Fox oh, as well. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. I am texting Paolo right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be super awesome. fun. <laughs> sick. Is it like treasury sized or giant sized? Just it's going to be, uh, how big is this? Like 35 pages or something. So it's like little short stories from each of the, each of the oh, characters that one of them will draw. And then I, and then Nate draws the connecting kind of oh, story that oh, links them sick. all. And then I do the last little story and it all kind of like, melds together so there's i think there actually a page where all like six of us draw on the same page oh, yeah. oh that's sick, fun oh that's awesome that's i mean so again i i i hope you're not gonna let me like what the fuck is this asshole talking about like but you know the first few issues with black hammer like it's right like as i'm reading them again as, as you know a legit fan of your whole career here i'm picturing like oh it's just like this strange kind of like amalgamation of like the vibe i used to get from essex in like the small little town setting or like or like you know uh, with like your work in the mainstream of like superheroes, yeah. and I, again, I I tell me if I'm totally off base there, but it's just like I'm reading this, and and we're early on early days in the book, but yeah. but I was just like, oh, I can vibe with this. Like this is like Jeff like taking the kind of the two bookends of his like professional career and kind of like mushing them together for a new yeah. narrative. Yeah, well, that's pretty much it. I mean, but oh, it's cool. kind of a weirder story than that because I actually I came up with Black Hammer, all the characters, and the whole idea right as I was finishing Essex County. So it was actually going to be the thing I drew after Essex County back in oh, wow. 2007 myself. It was going to be like my big love letter to superheroes, you know, because I never anticipated it that I would actually ever get to write real superhero comics back then, sure. you know, doing stuff like that. So this was just me pouring 
every kind of reference and, and every era of comics that I grew up loving into one story and, and kind of filtering it through that same kind of Essex County aesthetic or whatever. But, um, you know, one thing led to another. I, I didn't end up working on that. I think uh, Sweet Tooth came about at Vertigo, so I kind of pushed it up to the side. And um, and there was always something that kind of kept popping up in sketchbooks and one, something I always wanted to keep get back to eventually. And, and then when I did Descender with Dustin, it kind of finally opened the door for me where, oh, I, I realized I could do creator own books that I didn't draw myself, you know, and I would be okay with that because it was hard to let go of, <laughs> of that at first. Sure. But, um, so once I kind of took that step and it was like, oh, I should, this, maybe I can do Black Hammer because I, I, I knew I'd never have time to draw it, but if I could find the right artist, I, I, then, you know, my whole perspective on superheroes had changed as well, like you said, because, this was like a couple of years ago. So I'd been writing for DC and then Marvel for you know a number of years. So it became, instead of just a love letter to superheroes, it also became now a little bit me commenting on, <laughs> on superhero comics and my experiences with them as well. So yeah, I think you're like, just the short answer is you're, you're dead on. It really does kind of, of all the books I've ever done, it encapsulates my whole career and, you know, both sides of it really. That's awesome. I mean, and, and I don't know if you've gone on record on this, but, uh, cause we're again in very early days here through, I think I, I've read three issues. Have there been, is the fourth out or three came out today? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just read it today. Um, so, uh, I guess kudos to shout out to Dark Horse for letting us have, uh, preview copies. Um, but, uh, how long, I mean, is this like open ended or do you have? Like, yeah, it's open ended. I mean, I've written, I'm on, like I said, I, I write really far ahead on stuff. So I'm on, I just, I think I've written 18 or 19 issues. Jesus. Of it. So, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, it's at least going to be that long. <laughs> Is Dean committed to so, like, will Dean be now, the artist for all of it? Or I sure hope so. I mean, okay. he's, he co-owns the book with me. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so he's, co-creator. Yeah, he's, cool. he's not like a gun for hire. We, we own it together, you know? Nice. Um, no, I don't want to get you off the, that topic, but you, uh, a year plus from Moon Knight, 25 issues of, of Bloodshot already mapped out. So, and then obviously with Black Hammer, are there any, any characters, any teams, any stories that you're like, listen, I just have like a quick little four issue series, four issue story <laughs> right. I want to write about yeah, J. Jonah James and just like the in and out. <laughs> yeah, you get those sometimes. I, I felt like when I did Hawkeye, that was like a short, like I knew that wouldn't be a long run. Like mm-hmm. I had like one story that I wanted to tell. Uh, so that was like, okay, I, I don't okay. know what we did. We did 12 issues or something i think mm-hmm. you know that was that one i always kind of knew it was just that one one story and um yeah so sometimes you get smaller ones but the creator and stuff tends to get bigger because you just have sure. more freedom to to build the world and, and go wherever you want with it you know what i mean so that's why stuff like black hammer descender now like descender started i think we thought maybe it'd be 24 issues and then we'll see where it does but now we're it's plotted out to be almost 50 so 50 yeah, Jeez. wow, man! Nice. Dustin loves drawing it, and I love writing it, and it's doing so well. We might as well just, you know, embrace it and, and do everything we want with that world while we have the chance. So. I've got issues thirteen and fourteen sitting here, like I'm looking at them. I've only read through twelve, so I guess the first two arcs plus the start of the third arc. But uh, okay, yeah. The, but I mean, as, uh, again, I, I know you're caught up on our show, so you know that I I've already said it's like <laughs> favorite books of the year. I know, you're, you know that though, but just for for those of us that no, I, I, I'm that, well yeah. aware. I've listened to every episode. Twice, of course, um, <laughs> but like you know, <laughs> the thing about the sender, um, so like it's it's I, I'm a huge sci-fi fan, and 
I also love dystopian themes. So it's kind of like an amalgamation of that. And uh, the other thing I think it's cool is that, like, a lot of times, you know, you read comics for 35-plus years. You know, you kind of see the forest or the trees a lot. Yeah, and sure. I don't know where you're going with this. Like, I don't know. Good. Like, and I love that. <laughs> I don't know what the end game is here. I don't know who I'm really supposed to be rooting for. I mean, obviously, I mean, Tim, but I'm saying, like, I don't know. I just don't, like, the, I, I find the characters fascinating, but I just genuinely, with each issue, don't know what I'm going to find out next. And that, that's that's cool because, you know, I wish I could say that about every comic I read, but, you know, a lot of comics we read, we kind of see where they're going before we get there, and, and that's yeah, not that's the case cool. with this one. Yeah, I, I think it... I think it just stems from I did a lot of world building before we actually started doing scripts, so mm-hmm. I kind of I think I just had a large canvas to work with. So um, when you've done that much prep work, it allows you to to kind of develop a pretty pretty broad range of characters. And you know, I tried to make Descender a world where there weren't really bad guys so much. You know, like everyone who is doing things were doing them for what they felt was the right reason, you know, and, which is kind of what, you know, for the most part, what, what people are like, you know, even people who sure. do bad things generally believe in what they're doing. So I, I tried to create that sense so that I think that helps keep you off balance a little because even people like Quan or Andy or whoever, they may do something horrible at any moment, but <laughs> they also might do something really good. You know, you're not really sure where, which yeah. way they're going to go. So. Remind, remind me, how old is your son, Jeff? Uh, he's seven now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's the same as my youngest. So it's like, you know, there, he's just kind of learning the concepts of like, he's still early enough. He hasn't learned history, but like my, my oldest is 13 now. And it's like, you know, he's kind of in the midst of learning about the country's real history. And it's like, you know, you, you're reminded that to your point, there's that saying that like, uh, you know, history is written by the victors, but it's, but I mean, but you're getting at it, right? Which is like, there's, there's no, it's, we look back on things as like antagonist, protagonist a lot of times from a, a, a historical standpoint. But the reality is the interpretation yeah. of those events is as much, there's no right or wrong, right? I mean, like, again, if, if you were learning about World War II as a young Japanese, you know, citizen, like it's going to be a much different interpretation of what happened than our interpretation or the German interpretation or the Italian interpretation. It's like, that's what I like about the center. It's your, to your point, it's, it's characterizing these people in like their vantage and everyone has their own motivation. And it's not, it's not that any of their motivations are wrong because it's about self-motivation. And that doesn't mean that they're like evil. It just means that they're motivated to protect themselves and their, you know, their, their race or the people they care about. And so, yeah. And I think it would have been really easy to like the lazy version of the center would have been like robots, good humans, evil, you know, but Battlestar even, even the robots, <laughs> you know, I tried to make, the robots have various factions and, and, and motivations, you know, so that, you, you know, there's, there are some good robots, but then there's, there's the, I know 22 is a little bitch. Yeah. He's a little fucker, but the, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? Just even making the robots a bunch of different shades, you know, so that they all have different points of view and they're not just one unified voice, but they're, sure. you know, it helps to make the world more, Lush, I guess, more colorful and gives, it just gives, as a writer, it gives you more, more storytelling potential and possibilities and directions you can take things. So. Sure. Yeah. Did you, um, so for Moon Knight, did you, did you like, did Marvel hook you up with Smallwood or did you know him through this? Concert? No, Marvel hooked me up. That was, that was a blessing. Uh, um, he's incredible. I, I, uh, oh, yeah. I'm trying to think of the, trying to the origin story of that moon knight project i i was doing 
Hawkeye. I just started doing Hawkeye with Marvel and and the incomparable Ramon Perez. Yeah, with Ramon, and then uh, Warren Ellis was doing his Moon Knight stuff. Maybe it was just kind of coming to an end, and I was loving that. And I kind of asked Axel, like, "What? Who's doing Moon Knight next?" You know, and he's like, "I think Cullen was lined up to do some." And he's like, "Why? Do you want to do some Moon Knight?" Like, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I started working on my Moon Knight idea. I think the reason I'm so far ahead on that book because I actually started. I think I had started writing it a year before we published. You know, and then. Um, I guess it was, what was it, Secret Wars that kind of came, yeah. so we we kind of waited to, to launch it until after Secret Wars, so it allowed me to work on it for a while before Many we Many blessings for that. Um, yeah. But anyways, yeah, so we were talking about different artists for Moon Knight, and um, Axel suggested Greg, and I was a little reluctant, not because I didn't like Greg's stuff, but Greg had already done Moon Knight with Brian Wood. Yeah. After, yeah. So, and I, in my mind, I'm like, no, I want, you know, it has to be all new, all new, like it has to be a new team or whatever, and and. Axel convinced me, you know, this guy is like untapped. He's just getting, you know, trust me. And he was right because when Greg's first pages for issue one came back, I was just like floored. Like the stuff he does in it, the kind of Sienkiewicz panels and the shifting of styles and stuff. It was, it was, I'd, I'd never felt that on a, on a non-creator owned book. I, the only time I ever felt that way is the first time I saw some of those early travel format pages on Animal Man when I was like, oh, okay, this book is, gonna be a step above like the normal you know mm-hmm. and when i saw greg's stuff i was blown away so we got lucky getting getting stuck together it's been an enjoyable polaire too the colorist is compliments yeah. greg so well the, th- the three of us i think it's one of those things where you just get lightning in a bottle on, on one of these characters sometimes and that book's i feel like it's it's better than than any of us alone you know it's the sum of us together creating something pretty cool so it's fantastic. I mean, I, I enjoyed the when Ellis launched the book, and and then of course Colin and and Brian and I. I I'm Vince and I will take jabs, throw jabs, and take swings at, at Moon Knight from time to time. And uh, but I I still I will give it. I'll I'll give his series a chance every time, and I enjoyed what came before. But this is just. Blowing me. I mean, you're you're telling a fantastic story with you know is is any of what he's experienced and what we've read is is any of that actually real? And and then just Greg's art on top oh, of that is just awesome. it's just gravy. But it's I mean I'm and I do appreciate I, I don't I appreciate the the traditional lettering. I know that once Ellis comes on a book, he, he's got to have the the lowercase uh-huh. and 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 it it, it fits. And it, it works in, in some degree, but I, I am glad that you know with with this new series, with this relaunch, that that you guys were able to kind of go back to more or less what what some of us are used to. But it's, I mean, from cover to cover, it's it's beautiful. And the issue five, where everything was, the first arc was finishing up, and then you were setting the stage for for what's going to happen yeah. in the next arc. Uh, to have Francesco on on those pages, <laughs> and I mean, it was just it was it was. Yeah. A, beautiful it was a beautiful issue altogether it's cool I, I, it's cool that the we've assembled this whole team now on Moon Knight with, with Francesco and, and uh, Stoko and uh, oh, Fredo Torres it's, um, <laughs> that's amazing it's, you know originally Greg was going to draw everything but it just got to the point of schedule where we knew look either Greg can 
can jump ahead to the next arc and do bits and pieces of this arc and we bring in these artists to do the different realities or else we're going to fall behind and lose Greg altogether. So I, originally I was disappointed, but then when that, when they, when they gathered those three guys to do those, the different realities, it was, oh. it just, it was almost like it was meant to be, you know, you know, it yeah. works yeah. so yeah, well. Yeah, issue five was ridiculous. Yeah, six, I think six and seven, it just gets kind of nutty or awesome. I'm kind of surprised Marvel let me do some stuff actually. <laughs> well, it's we who's going to pay attention to it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I have to say, like, the, the, the best thing about doing the show all these years is, is getting to spend a couple hours a week with, with my buddies here. But, but I think to me, the second best thing about the show over these years is like. Me. It's you. Well, yeah. And yeah, the third you. best thing is discovering, <laughs> like, creators <laughs> that, you know, are just getting started and then they blow up and like, <laughs> No, and, and Greg is, is one of those guys. I mean, as like we, Greg came up to us. Was it was it a C two E two? It was C two E two, right, guys? Yeah, Greg Smallwood. It was when he had those commissions for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like many years ago at C two E two, I mean, he each gave us a pick. Yeah, like four or five, six years ago, like he just came up and introduced himself, and I don't know that he had done much published work yet. He was doing, I think, something for uh, Dark Horse, maybe. It was, uh, Dream Thief. Yeah, Dream yes. no, Thief. Yeah. Right, yeah, 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 okay. But like, we didn't, to Jeff, yeah. and we didn't, you know, we didn't know him. I mean, I wasn't reading Dream Thief. He came up, just introduced himself, said he liked the show, or like, you know, really loved the show, and then he handed us a commission each, like a drawing, wow. like a drawing That's of so each. Cool. And, and I was like, oh my god, and you know, and then it's like, it's just so gratifying to see like this guy who's got such uh, great He's shots, brilliant. Kind of, he's yeah, so good. I yeah, feel like, awesome. uh, I, I, my, I, he sends the art, and sometimes, you know, you get him in emails and stuff, and it's like you can't accurately, Express in emails how awesome he is. <laughs> every every time he For sends sure. a page, I'm just like, God, like this is crazy. He's so good. Um, yeah, I'm really lucky to work with him and Jordy, and the stuff just keeps getting better too as the issues go on. And, uh, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, well, you could tell on Dream Thief that he. Oh, had, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. it was it was it was un unshaped. It was formless. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen? And, uh, he had Greg just, did a couple bloodshot variants for the. The Stalinverse thing. Have you seen those? Greg Smallwood? Oh, no. They're really no, not yet. awesome. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. So as Vince is to Bloodshot, I am to Wolverine. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably yeah. don't know this, but I, in my comic room in my house, there's a, uh, I have two pieces of art from you sitting on display. There's a, a Deadpool and Wolverine. Wow, well, I don't even remember. It must be a while ago. Yeah. Oh, it was a long time ago, dude. Like you just, yeah, it was, but I treasure them. But, uh, cool. But the fact that you're, <laughs> so you and Sorrentino worked together on Green Arrow, yeah. which at the time was one of my favorite, uh, DC books. Thanks. And, and now you're banging out the old man Logan. And, uh, so again, like I'm, you know, everyone has those characters, right? We've all been around this block for a long time. And for me, as these guys joke, I, Wolverine's one of those characters. I love the character. I realize he's often overplayed overdone i get it like i i can't dispute that but i love the character i could read a hundred books about him every yeah, month i hear you i'm that way and, with constantine so I, I understand so yeah now that said like i would say there is a lot of bad wolverine comics like i'm fully objective about that so it's super cool that wolverine is still quote-unquote dead in continuity like the 616 right. guy's still frozen at adamantium we know it's just a matter of time before that that changes but in the meantime You've given us, you know, the old man Logan, which was introduced in by Mark Miller and then brought back in the Secret Wars. Now you've been doing, I think, some really cool things with them. And, uh, you know, the thing I will say to you, because again, like I, I can like kind of like put myself in your shoes. It's, you got a chance to write this character 
post Secret Wars for like a bit without any continuity tie-ins, I think, and then kind of then then you were kind of then he was back with the X team, like living in in, sure. in limbo or whatever. Um, but I've enjoyed every single issue. It's been so cool to see you pay pay homage to so many things. Which as a Wolverine diehard fanboy, like things like the Reavers, things like Lady Deathstrike. Uh, like patch, like bringing patch back for a couple yeah, of pages. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, man. And it's like, and I think, I don't know, you know, if I'm a 20 year old reader or a 15 year old reader, I don't know that I appreciate like what that means or that you're like, to me, that says like, all right, this is a guy who knows the character. Like he's, he read the Marvel Comics present stuff. Like he, well, he's Canadian, Jason. I don't know if you knew that. So, <laughs> I actually do know him. Now, we see, if I was Eastman, I would joke about like, I don't hold that against him, but I'm not. So, uh, right. But no, he's he's one of my favorite characters, and I just think it's been a lot of fun. And um, well, I you think know, you like based on that, I think you're really gonna like the upcoming couple arcs that I'm working on now. Awesome, um, awesome. There's, there are so, many many throwbacks to various eras of Wolverine. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Sorrentino is an absolute freak. Like, I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a killer. Yeah. I don't know. Does he work? Is it like mostly digital, or does he work? I have digital? no idea. He's yeah, a because to me, he he, I'm not sure what he does because I know. I thought a lot of it was digital too, and then I remember there was this one page from Green Arrow that I really liked. And I told him, and then he sent it to me, and it was all oh. pencil. So, oh man, because I'm not I, sure I, if it's a mixture, it. maybe pencils, and then oh. does some stuff digitally. Or, the layouts, either are just way, bananas. Yeah. I mean, it's bananas. Like I look at the stuff, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, yeah, he's. I mean, that's one. That book's so easy to write because no matter what I do, he's going to take it. I can just write. Okay, Andre, you got like four pages for a fight scene, and <laughs> you know he gives you like these crazy layouts where there's these intertwined dragons and people jumping all. You know, it's just like he just takes the stuff and elevates it to such another level. It's like it makes my job pretty easy, you know, with him. Yeah, it's it's I don't know, it's just crazy. So, I mean, are you um I don't know if you are you committed to that book for? So it sounds like you've got a couple more arcs in you at least. Yeah, a couple more, and we'll see where things go. I. uh yeah, I, I, I'm on issue. What am I writing right now? I'm issue twenty something. So, and I think only eleven have come out. So you're yeah. a freak. Yes, yeah, just yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. Yeah, okay. you know the whole that book was fun. It was like the whole the fact that Wolverine was dead, and this was the Wolverine and Marvel now. Kind of, it gave me as a writer, it gave me a lot of to work with because you could kind of take. All the old, the stuff you're talking about, all those old Wolverine tropes, like the, a Reaver story, a Japan story, like, you get know, all the stuff you're very familiar with Wolverine doing over and over again, but then you get to kind of do them with just that little twist of it right. being this different character, this, you know, Old Man Logan who's come back and it just gives it enough of a twist that you can kind of re-examine these things from a slightly different point of view and I think it works well with what I like to do and, and with Andrea as well. So yeah. And you flashing back a lot the timelines and again, like remembering the, the, I think the crux of what makes old man Wolverine different than, than the standard Wolverine would be that, you know, he's, he's been through this period of his life where things went totally wrong tits up and, and he just, he has lived a life now of almost like secular, like almost like, you know, where he's just not used his, 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 his abilities has not been a killer. And, now he's back in our world, spoilers for the Zen read, like where he is killing again, but it's like, what would that mean to a person, right? I guess it'd be like a, I don't know, it'd be like a, like someone who was like a crazy, you know, wild man and then becomes a priest and then is like 
gives up the cloth again to like become a crazy wild man again. So <laughs> yeah. I, I find that that whole thing fascinating and uh, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's a fun psychology to explore for sure. It's it's giving me a lot of meat to kind of dig into. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun, and Andrea makes it makes it fun and easy. He's he's awesome. I think he and I will. That's another one like Dustin where. As long as I can keep working with him, I'll keep working with him on, you know, as long as many projects as we can. And uh, we just, it just gels, you know, it goes well. Yeah, I mean, Dustin, like, it looks like you guys do that book right over his pencils, right? Like, it's colored right Yeah, he just, he watercolors right over his pencils. Oh, he does the coloring as well? Oh, yeah, he's nuts, man. He, on a monthly, I don't know anyone who can watercolor a book on a monthly deadline and never miss a deadline like him. He's, he's crazy. He's, he's great. Respect. Uh, so again, since you do listen to the show every month, every week, yep. uh, we, oh, oh, stop Vince. <laughs> I, already, I already know what you're going to say because I'm so I, familiar with the format exactly. of We're just program, about but go ahead. Just in Plutona. case. Plutona. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that was a cool, cool story. Like again, I did, I, I think a little different for you, right? Like first of all, any style's a little different, right? Yeah. Very, uh, I think manga, manga centric. Um, so curious how you hooked up with Emmy. And then secondly, like, thought the story was really cool. And, uh, again, like, sort of to your point, like, one and done. Like, it's, it's, we read the whole thing and, and it's over and, and there we go. And away we go. Yeah. You know, some things are like TV shows and some are feature films. You know, that one just had a beginning and an ending. And actually, the project, to answer your other questions, it was, it was kind of totally different from how I usually work because, uh, that was the whole idea of those kids finding a dead superhero's body in the woods. That was, Emmy's idea that she had for for a while. Oh, okay. She just told me about it, and I was like, "That is fucking awesome idea." <laughs> and then we just started talking about it, and sat you know over coffee. We we're just talking about that idea, and then by the time we were finishing our coffee, we kind of like broken this whole story, you know. And I was like, "Well, let's do this thing." So, I mean, yeah, that happened. You know, generally it's been you know with Dustin or whoever else and the creator and stuff. It's I'll come up with an idea or a story and then present it to them. So it was sort of backwards, but it was really fun um, doing it, and um, yeah, I don't know what it was. Was your other question? I'm last my chance. Uh, that no, no, no. That I mean, that that's pretty much it. It's like how you met up with her, and then oh know, yeah, just... well, I, I met her through Top Shelf again because uh, I guess it was whatever summer the collected Essex County came out. It was like 2009 mm-hmm. or something. Uh, I was at San Diego, and she was an intern at Top Shelf at that time, helping out. Oh, okay. So she was like helping at the table, and that's crazy. You know, I was signing books, and we just were chatting. And she mentioned she was a cartoonist, and then I asked to see her work, and I loved it. And then we just became friends. Like she just kind of became part of the gang, you know, at conventions and stuff. With Scott and Matt and all the other guys we always hang around with, and so we just became good friends. And she did actually, she did a little sweet tooth too. I don't know if you remember that. Yes, uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, we just, we've been friends for since, since then. And, um, it probably was just a matter of time until we worked together or something. So awesome. Yeah. So you, uh, I mean, I guess we, we're going to get ready here to let you go. Um, so we got after death coming up. Yeah. We got secret November. Path coming up. Yeah. We got roughneck coming up. Yeah. Yeah. That's in April. Nice. Uh, and then we have a, as yet unannounced, but, Next year image book, yeah? Yeah, they actually announced it, but it was one of those ones where they announced it in the summer, um, amongst so many other things that it kind of got lost in the shuffle, but I, it's so, it's not till March, so the, we'll, we'll start talking about it again a bit closer to it, but it's called Royal City, and it's, okay. um, I mean, essentially the idea for me was, what if I went back to 
Essex County, but did it as a monthly book, you know, like instead of, instead of doing, you know, a science fiction book or, or like Sweet Tooth or Descend or something, what if my next monthly book had no genre elements at all, but was just real people in a real town, you know, <laughs> just really explore the characters. And so that's what Royal City is. It's, it's not literally set in the Essex County universe, but it's thematically very much in line with that, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll, I'll, we'll, I'll come on the show again in six or seven years and we'll talk about how yeah, great man. that series was. <laughs> 2021, what we got you on top. <laughs> right. What, uh, when, what, what, are we going to see you at New York Comic Con or where are you going to be? I next? am not going to be at New York Comic Con. I'm all on, Jeff. New York Comic Con <laughs> is the closest thing to hell on earth that exists. The Javits Center is And you've been to San Diego awful. though. New York's worse. I mean, it's worse. It right, probably from my is experience. There, yeah. yeah it's, oh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's it, it's just our home show, so we got to go. I hear you. No, yeah, I'm gonna skip it this year. Hasn't grown, but the but but the audience has obviously. So yeah, no, I, I definitely yeah, get why it's it, really it, packed. Yeah. It's it can be pretty uncomfortable for when you're trying to get, get well. Places it's it's uncomfortable for us. We 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 pretty much hang out in Artist Alley all weekend, and then we we brave the the dealer floor one morning. On, on our way to Artist Alley, so I know it, it definitely is is a uh, like you said uncomfortable. Yeah, it's it's a rough one. I'm gonna skip that one. I go to New York a lot anyway for Marvel stuff or Valiant stuff, so it's it's not like a big exciting thing to get to go to New York. For Jeff a hit a brother up, dude. I mean, I right? You think you'd say something? We could maybe that? do lunch or something. You, know, uh, I know you something think you guys would take a eat? fucking hint? Jesus. Damn. <laughs> um, we promise we won't, we won't bring Vince. He lives in Pennsylvania. We won't bring him. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but I will be well, at C2E2 next year. I don't know. If All right. Here we I go. haven't done that show before. I'm going to be there. And I'm going to be right. at... You ever done uh, Heroes? What's that? Heroes? Heroes? I did that once, uh, I don't know, like four or five years ago. That was really good. I'll have to do that one again, too. Yes. Yeah, that was yes. good. And I'll be in the UK this fall. Thought Bubble. That's a really fun show. Hmm. So, yeah. Be there. No, that's why I'm going. <laughs> I was... <laughs> you were counting on that. You were counting yeah. on it. Well, listen, uh, thank you so much for coming back. It's an uh, absolute disgrace that it took Vince this long to have you back on the show. I know. I don't, every time, oh, every, yeah. having him as a producer. Literally, I should, you can go through my email, my Twitter direct messages. Every week I send Vince six to ten emails, Twitter messages. That's Please, true. can I be on the show again? No response. I can't help screwing up. It's my thing. I'm glad Vince got to ask that's what I do. Question tonight, so that's good. Yeah. But the good news is Chris is fully retired. He's never coming back, so no more. So we can have you on soon again. That does make me feel a little bit. Yep. Strangely happy. Like, I don't know. But in all seriousness, man, it was great having you on. And uh, yeah, it's good talking. You, uh, you've okay. been killing it. It's uh, you know, I, I'm. We often, we kind of are asked by, like, oh, who's the, you know, Alan Moore, we always say, is still deserves kind of like that goat status because he, he not only created amazing things, but he did it in lots of different genres. And, uh, you know, I think among sort of the, the current working guys, uh, you know, it's, I put Jason Aaron in that boat. I would absolutely Jason's, put you in that boat. Yeah, you know, like guys that Jason's have, special. He's, no, for sure. But I think yeah. you are too, man. And like, again, to be able to produce the high quality that you're producing, across different genres, you know, simultaneously is, is no easy feat. So, uh, you know, we, we, we appreciate your work and, uh, it's great to reconnect with you and, uh, hopefully it won't be, uh, it won't be this long before you're back on again. Oh, thanks man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, something you were saying there reminded me of something I was, Oh, um, 
If you guys, I have to put a plug in for my, we never got to talk about Thanos. The, the new Thanos. Oh, I was gonna bring it up. Please. I was I gonna was bring talking. it up, but Jason kept oh, talking over me. <laughs> Jason. Geez. Vince actually did mention I'm that. Gonna, I'm gonna go on. You guys go. I did. did. Are you in fear for your life if Jim Starlin's gonna come I don't know. kick Should your ass? I don't, I don't know. What, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't politics, think, I don't think. I don't think so. Right, but yeah. So what's the deal with that with Thanos? What do you? I'll come back. We'll talk about it when a couple issues are up. But it's uh, yeah, that that book has been an absolute blast. Mike, I've never worked with Mike Diodato before. I didn't really know him, but he is like the nicest guy on earth, and I love working with him. His artwork's amazing. It's like he's trying all this new stuff. He got inspired by it all these different artists between this, this project and his last, and he's trying oh, experimenting good. with all these crazy textures and panel layouts and uh, the book's really fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't, it's like your chance to do kind of like Darth Vader in the Marvel universe, basically like a big, bad yeah. villain, villain book. And then this small coalition of oddball characters kind of in the sidelines, slowly forming together to try to take them down, you know? So that's, that's kind of the, the fun, my big fun Marvel book that I'm, having a blast with right now sounds great uh we'll have you on at the end of the first arc and we'll discuss yeah, we about will, it for sure man cool cool well great man thanks so much he jeff did. and oh, uh okay. again everybody you can find jeff's work pretty much at every publisher that you can google so <laughs> <laughs> yes but you're going to want to read bloodshot reborn first yeah you should start with yeah. start and finish with bloodshot yeah. yeah i mean yes but <laughs> no <laughs> don't besmirch Black Hammer Descender, you know. Old Man Logan's my jam, you know. Oh, night. I will say, though, yeah. if, since we've been talking about it, Bloodshot USA, the, the little event miniseries that comes out, I think, in October, that's a great jumping on point for if anyone was listening tonight. Is that also got, Lu- got intrigued by Bloodshot? That's a, it's a great, oh no, that's, uh, Dougie, Dougie Brathwaite's doing it. Oh! Yeah, he's, he's awesome. Alright. Yeah, that's a, it kind cool. of ties up the first sort of couple of years of my bloodshot stuff into one big fun story. So that's a good nice. one. Well, listen, man, thanks again. And please be sure to, uh, text me your real estate agent when you're done so that, uh, in case I will I not do that. place in November. I will not. Be doing I don't want that. you my neighbor. I don't want you as Wait, my neighbor. Like, God damn it. No, I'm good. I pay my taxes. I, I'm, good. I... <laughs> I'm good. Thank All you, right, Jeff. Let's talk again. It was a pleasure having you. Yeah, man. Bye. Good night. You seen I was giving you mad props. I was like, look at Vince talking during the interview. He doesn't want to shit. cut open shit because, you know, he doesn't want to have shit open. I don't know because I'm the recording person. I don't need to have unnecessary things open here. By the way, Daph, is there <laughs> anything better right now in the wrestling world than Heath Slater and Rhino being the tag team champs? All right, come on. <laughs> now he's all quiet. <laughs> You're talking about fucking wrestling. Come on. You, fucking uh, you heard me. Let's get, talk about the comics. Here, we're going to go in. Now we're going in. Three, two, one. Awesome. That was magnificent. Can someone talk? Three, two, one, go. Siblings. This is the part where you see a piss in my mouth. No, dude, I'm, that's behind the scenes. That's. Oh. Yeah. When people look back at how the show ended, they'll, that's, they're going to chronicle this. These. So I, I got to cut that out then? No. No. All right. And go. Nice. <laughs> you guys are on it. I You're killing me. You're it. killing me. I, wa- I want him to talk first. On, for real. It was, it was a long no, let's, well, okay, let's do that when we're not talking over each other. Three, two, one.
Go. And nothing. Well, I don't want to fucking follow up with you. According to you, I did the interview, so. Did he? You commanded. You master and commander that interview. What, Please, what yeah, come on. you have to ask him about? Let's, huh? Did you have other questions? Who, <laughs> me? Yeah. I was going to ask him about Justice League United. Oh, I wanted to talk oh, about that. Sure really I wanted to ask that. him. I did. I want to ask him if it, bringing the Legion back was his idea or was it editorially uh, influenced? Uh, there was. How was it working on a super team with characters you had previously written? Awesome, right? Green Arrow, Animal Man. No, you took all the questions away from me. You did. It's all right. Please, let's do this. Let's go in clean. Three, two. Oh, boy. (laughs) You say I'm out? (laughs) The longest freaking take 12. And. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know. Stanley Kubrick friend. (laughs) What is he? He was raping the 12 year old? (laughs) No, that's wrong with Polanski. Oh, Oh, yeah, that's right. My bad. He just crushed. Wrong director. Roman Polanski. Wrong director. He made good, good. Oh shit! I'm all fucked. <laughs> Yo, we've gone off the rails like in a legitimate way. It's awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, okay. No. Thirteen. Three, two, one, go. Man, that was excellent, Vince. You did a great job. Yeah, me. I was in the shadows of that one, buddy. But it was was a standard interview, but yeah, you did a great job. But it was great. (laughs) You asked him all the questions that I would have asked him had I had a chance to speak. Had you read those books? Oh, had you had a chance to speak? (laughs) Yeah, and had I read those books? Think we we don't like each other? You think that that's crazy talk? There's no one I like better. Oh, that's not true. Maybe dad. Yeah, (laughs) we can both acknowledge we like that more than we like the the other person. That's fun. Oh, I know for sure you like him more than me because he's poo and I'm poo. That's how it works. Dude, you're not who I, I'm the one DMing you fucking telling you how much I love you and you're like, what is? <laughs> Too late. Too late. That's an awesome impression. I, I, last night of that, I was like, what does he mean by that? I know, that's why I said it. And I left you hanging when I went to watch, watch the, the, the uh, struggles real be- people. That beautiful woman on the Ink Masters. Woo. Oh my god, she is a vision. It's, she's 11. But dude, like, these are supposed to be the best tattoo artists in the world. So sunflowers Those are fucking and, jank, dude. They didn't know how to do watercolor. Could not do nah. it. Nah. Like, but you have to be a special kind of insane to agree to come on that show and just be like, yeah, tattoo me, whatever. Right? Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Right. Like, you kind of get what you're asking for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Redemption's totally staged, though. Oh, it's reta- it's it's not oh, unwatchable. The way it's edited and shit? Yeah, no. It, it's unwatchable. It's, I think if there's some semblance of credibility, regular Ink, Ink Masters has a little bit, but Redemption has absolutely none. It's yeah. it's totally uh, scripted. The cool thing is, is I did like they do go back and correct the tattoos, like on like legit though, if they're bad. Right. Yeah. But still, though, I mean, like some of these things are like full back pieces, so if they're shitty, like yeah, yeah, I mean, respect. Yeah. You're gonna have like Santos try and fix it for you, but it's still gonna be kind of fucked up, right? I mean, it's you got a nutsack on your back. What's up with yeah. that? Yeah. Although I, right. I do, I do dig the theme this season with the uh, with the judges having. Oh, you like? Yeah, it's the first time they've done that. Yeah, with these guys. Come on, real talk. Dave Navarro has to grow up a little bit. Grow up a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. There, he's going to reach the point where it's like the tattooed rocker dude. You're a little bit too old. But for he's this. like fifty, isn't he? Already at that point? That, I don't. Not yet. Not yet. Soon. 
Very All strange. right, here's a question for you as, as three tattooed gentlemen who would, I think would all agree we'd like more ink. Would you, yep. would you, if you had the perfect world, would you rather get ink from Santos or, uh, or, um, or, uh, yes. Nunez, Nunez or Peck. I mean, I'm sorry, not Santos. Nunez or, um, uh, Alper Peck. Nunez. That's a good question. Um, yeah, I would probably go with Nunez. He's a little more experimental. How about you, Dad? He said, Nunez. oh, sorry, did you? Yeah, say, yeah I'm with That's you guys. Like, Peck is in, incredible, but he's, I mean, he's like, as I understand it, he's one of the OG legends of American traditional. But I'm not sure that's a style that I could see like wanting. Right, right. Whereas Nunez does a lot of cool shit. Yep. I mean, he's most known for Japanese, which I'm not sure I'd want either, but like, but I've seen some pretty. But he's got that graffiti background and shit, so yeah, he can, he's definitely on the creative side. Alright, you know who else is on the creative side? Some comic book creators. Discount. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for this week. Thanks everybody. Very much. We're done. Cherry, feels, cherry like, feels like it's a marathon episode this time. <laughs> but I, I read some stuff and I want to talk about it. Oh, I, I think, I think you both got this as well. Oh, if I'm not, oh, thank you. I have a couple of thank yous. Yes, I have a right. thank yous. Yes. You do? Yeah, yes. Well, why don't you get those out of the way? Well, I want to thank Mr. Matthew Allison. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for Matthew Allison's Cancor Calamity of Challenge. Oh, so hot. So hot. <laughs> Don't talk about it yet. <laughs> it is an you... amazing piece of work. Oh, uh, my God. It really is. Stop. <laughs> and, uh, and, and the, um, and what was really cool was, uh, the envelope that Matthew sent the, uh, the comic in, uh, to make sure that the postage would cover this very sturdy envelope. Uh, there are four Star Trek Forever stamps on it, which I yep. So that was absolutely. But and I also have to um, thank Mr. Josh Ginter for the origin of Creature, which oh was yes, this week. So thank you for for that so Kickstarter. Nice. That is a um, and it's what was your drawing? <laughs> it was. Uh, Grendel Prime. Stunned. <laughs> and it is amazing. Yeah. We should scan them and put them up. We should. Jason, what did you get? That's a good question. Oh, my God. <laughs> he didn't even open it. Dude, it's sitting on my... I just got it. Like, literally. <laughs> His secretary just brought it in. <laughs> you know what, dude? At some What's point, you're going to me, right? Because I love you. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you starting to take it personally? <laughs> are you just mean to your kids? Uh, you know what my picture was? Uh, Swamp Thing. Close. Man Thing. Close. Power Duck. Duck. No. Rom. Smog Monster. Oh, which, oh, wow. Yeah. I think I may start, um, the jams with just, see, everybody who could do a Smog Monster for me. You want me, you want to work up a design and, well, you're a designer, you don't need my help. Thanks. No, I was going to say because I got the printers. Well, you can do a fantastic job. I got the printers all, but that's. That's true. And you got the 300 Bristol. Yes. That's what it is to answer your question on the Slack. Right. But anyway, so we got the, thank you, Josh Ginter. Thank you, Matthew Allison. 
And I want to talk about a book from Matthew Allison that I read called, and David David said it already, uh, Cancor, Calamity of Challenge. It's a four-issue miniseries. This is issue one. Did you notice that Mr. Allison, who has been nothing short of stellar right. to this point, uh, has quickly risen to the top of my list of all-time favorite cartoons. Oh, he has rounded a corner. Mm-hmm. He has never, to my knowledge, Kankor has been high strangeness from the get-go. Yeah. You can always expect that Agreed. in a, a Matthew Allison book, but he's injecting autobiography oh, into nice. this story. And the only reason why I know that, like I wasn't talking to him or anything, but he tips his hand at the end of the book. Yeah, that T-shirt. He's wearing the portrait of the artist in the back of the book after the main story has expired. Show you right. He's wearing a kiss shirt, mm-hmm. and the character in this story is wearing kish. a Matthew Allison stylized kiss shirt, but it's it's kish. Um, and how appropriate that Matthew, and he's very self-deprecating too. Um, drinks too much. Is a bit of an asshole, you know, gets, gets the shit kicked out of him, and he, in a, in essence, prays to his character that he's created. He prays to Kankor to come and save him at one point. Mm-hmm. And that seems amazing. I mean, Kankor shows up at a, a rock and roll show, and Jeff, uh, or I'm sorry, Matthew is getting the, uh, the crap kicked out of him, and he's like, Please, Cancor, save me. And Cancor just totally ignores Walks on by. Just floats on out of the room. And, and it's neat because the, the prelude story, which is about f- uh, five pages, is done in black and white. And when, when Cancor emerges into the scene, it's a combination of black and white and muted color, but then it switches to full on color. After that, after Kankor floats through the ceiling, it switches to full color. And it's a subtle touch, but we haven't seen that type of storytelling from Mr. Allison yet. I don't believe. And it just adds another layer of greatness to this guy's work. Like, this book is incredible. Drawing alone is a reason enough to buy I would agree. Yeah, the drawing's insane. He's he's a sensational draftsman. Um, he's on the short list of guys that the world needs to know about that don't know yet. Oh, he is. There is no reason why the big two. I, I, I don't. I can't unless he like kicks people in the balls that come to his door, or write him messages or something. I can't see the big two overlooking yeah. this guy. Here's what I want. Like much like three four years ago, we were bigging up like people like Aaron Conley, and now they're they're household names. Yeah, Allison needs. We need to get that path working for him right now. Yeah, seriously, and at the very least, like, why is Image not on this? Image yeah, how's, be- how's some how some person not being like, yo, you let's collab on an Image book and blow this joint up? Seriously, yeah. no, you know, nothing against Aaron Conley. Whoa, Allison. careful now. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I, I love Conley stuff. I, you know, I do. You know, I love his his work. There's very very few artists out there on Matthew Allison's level. I won't disagree with your second part. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I don't want to qualify it against my man Conley because that's my fault. No, I'm. Not, hey, it's. I'm not. There. There. There's a level of greatness they've all reached, but Allison's looking down on a couple of them. That's all I'm saying. All right. 
But, yeah, like maybe so between my kids, but that's cool. That's true. Uh, and there's a, a pinup by Buster Moody in here. Yeah. Uh, Matthew does a John Porcinello ape from uh, King Cat Comics. He does King Cankor comics and stories. It's just a great book. And very reasonably priced at five bucks. Exceptionally so. I think this is, at one point, um, Calamity of Challenge, the title of the oh, comic, makes, makes an appearance in, in the narrative. The letters are actually in the story. They're part of the story. It's, it's just next level storytelling. Love I, it. I absolutely love my uh, the the piece I picked up from him at uh, Heroes when we were last there. It's mm-hmm. I I'm I'm glad to say that I I own a Matthew Allison original. So yeah, do we all? I do. <clears throat> I do not actually yet. Ooh, wow! Next Heroes Con next year, I can have remedy that. Yes, sweet. I bet. That Matthew Allison could do a killer Taskmaster. Oh, yeah, he would. He absolutely would. I think would slay a beast though. Um, not weird enough. Not Taskmaster is weird enough. I don't think so. No, okay. he's a big furry guy. What about Taskmaster? Well, you know, that's it's, my dude. It, yeah, that's why I said it. Yeah, that's cool. Beast. Yeah. Oh, don't front him, dude. Yeah, Man, so don't front him, son. Look at him with this shit. <laughs> Hank. You know, I was going through old comics in the Star Trek X-Men book. I swear they created that Star Trek X-Men book just for the Dr. McCoy joke. Do you remember? Yeah, that's <laughs> By the way, did you guys listen to the last No Apologies episode? No. I'd have to listen to one. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> You are such an asshole. Like, I'm not being serious. If that were true, you gotta go there. Alright, no, I didn't yet. But... Raft wholly blew up Daft's love affair with Star Trek. Really? Yeah. Well, now I'm not gonna listen. <laughs> what the fuck did he say? Raph was like, I love those guys, but Dad's got to stop talking. Stop talking about Star Trek. <laughs> He's like, no. Oh, should I, should I talk about Spawn some more? Should I maybe? You know, should I just? I, you know. Yeah, Spawn now. Raph's the best. Yeah, but he can't be fronting on Dad. I thought it was funny. Yeah. So yes, Calam- <laughs> uh, Calamity Challenge is the new <laughs> Cancor miniseries. Get this. Um, he said he's going to have his. Uh, web ordering system hooked up very, very soon. It's cankercomic.com, C-A-N-K-O-R, comic.com. Loafdish at gmail.com is his email address should you want to order one of these. Um, but you're not going to have to search for Matthew Allison's work pretty soon. It's going to come to I you. Agree. Guaranteed. And I'm, I'm sure Daryl ran to everyone's defense to, to talk about Star Trek though, right? Well, that was the joke because Daryl just started in honor of the, is it the 50th anniversary? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He just started a new Star Trek podcast called yep. uh, Get the Trek Out of Here. Yep. <laughs> did he really? Yeah, he did. He did. He and JK, I think, but yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like Derek Coward with like 1600. Oh, the man's got an empire. Yeah. He told a funny story. You know, they were down at, uh, Baltimore. And uh Tom King uh won best new 
whatever the title is for like best new artist, yeah, the did. best new creator, as we talked about. And uh, I guess they were supposed to like Campbell and and uh, and Daryl and and their crew were supposed to meet Tom for drinks one night. But I guess as the story goes, Tom left his phone at his table. And they're like sitting there waiting. So finally they gave up and they left the bar. And as they're leaving the bar, walking back to their hotel, they walk past a restaurant and Mike Myers looks in the restaurant and sees the reason why Tom didn't meet them for drinks. He's having like a one-on-one intimate dinner with Dan DiDio. I don't blame him. <laughs> and fucking Harold screams, Tom King's comics suck. <laughs> He's such a prince. Can you imagine if Tom left his phone somewhere at his previous job? Oh, I know, right? Oh, oh that well, would be listen, like... Listen, uh, according to these guys at Baltimore, Tom had the biggest lines. Like, That's wrapped great. around the corner, dude. That's amazing. So glad. You know, they're all there to get the Omega Men signed. That's of what course. it was. Yep. Like, even though I don't get books signed, the asshole in me wants to bring, like, 50 books and go right to the front of the line because we know Tom and just be like, hey, dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, what you want? Like, you can do what it up, Rob. <laughs> what up, T? What up? All right. Uh, let's talk more yeah. comics. Come on. So, um, Vince did us a solid some time ago and uh, introduced us to Mr. Sonny Lou's phenomenal OGN which I would say is the uh, front runner for the OG end of the year. Yep. And when Vince was preaching the beauty of, of the sunny work, I went on the Amazons and I found a uh, Malinky robot. Oh, nice. I don't have that. Yeah. So it's uh it is a trade paperback. That is a uh, collection of Sonny's collected stories and little, little bits and pieces of, uh, yeah, just, just different stuff he's done, man. And it's like, it's super cool because just like the OGN, it's done, every story is done in a completely different visual style. Well, I shouldn't say that. I, I, that that's actually not fair because there is a, there's one particular set of characters that are recurring in different pieces of the book that are similar. So they kind of put like a, uh, they're like the binder of everything else. But I mean, you're seeing multiple styles, uh, and, then you see amazing sketchworks and liner notes and like little vignettes. It's just an awesome little collection. Um, it's uh, it's actually was published by Image, um, the reprint, uh, and it's um, sixteen ninety nine cover price. But uh, it's dope, man. It's like um, it's the 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 combining glue narrative features two. City kids, like, I don't know if they're homeless or street kids. Like, it's not clear to me, but they're kind of like that. And their names are Atari and Oliver. <laughs> and, uh, Atari's a, like a young, a young Asian kid. Uh, Oliver looks almost like, um. Snapping turtle or a rat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. almost right. Like a hairless rat or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and they get into shenanigans, man. You know, like they, they steal bicycles. They, uh, they like come up on loot. They go to see like crazy movies. Like they're always trying to like have a little fun, get a little trouble, whatever. But they're like good kids, you know, at heart. Um, and it, I need this. What's that? I need this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I need this book. Oh, it's really, really good, man. It's, 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 it's just a testament to this guy as just a beast of a creator. And, uh, 
So it, it, it's five main stories. Um, sorry, I had some, here you go. So it's Stinky Fish Blues, which the premise is essentially that, uh, in this world, there's these little fish that eat all the poop. So like when people flush, they, it goes into the water system and then these fish eat the poop. But something's killed off all the fish. So now like all the poop is not getting eaten. So the whole city's smelling like the poop. And, uh, so Atari and, uh, Oliver trying to like get to the bottom of this. Uh, then you've got one like Bicycle where they come up, they steal, they come up on loot steel bikes. You got, uh, Kawakuri, which has got some crazy robots. There's like one robot that like has fucking like laser beam guns like to pop out of his ass. It's, uh, it's just, it's bananas. Uh, got a bunch of sketches. You got a, a story called New Year's Day and then Dead Souls Day Out and then a bunch of, uh, guest pinups which have like Scotty's in there. Uh, Mike Allred's in there. Roger Langridge is up in there. Um, it's just hella fun, man. Like it's a, it's a great little package and, and, uh, highly, highly recommended. I mean, to anyone that, that, uh, was vibing on what we were selling a month ago, you gotta peep this too, cause this is, this is the man's work. And, uh, it's, it must be consumed. Did you know, I just sent you a link through Skype. Did you know about this? Click on that link. Uh, okay. No, I didn't know about this Pinocchio joint, no. It's a figure. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't know. Sonny Lou did a Pinocchio, It. I don't know if it's resin or vinyl. Ooh. That I need that. Yeah. But uh, I didn't, I don't know, let's see, when. I don't even know when this came out because it had to be pretty recent. I just don't remember it in previews. Like, I literally found it on, on a search after we were bigging up Sonny Lou on the show and I just wanted to see what else he had done and uh, and found this, so... But highly recommend it, man. And just to be clear, it's called uh, Malinky, M-A-L-I-N-K-Y, Robot, Collected Stories and Other Bits by Sonny Lou. Yeah, I definitely must own this. No, it's great, man. It may, I mean, this to me has been an off year a little bit for anthology so far. Like, I don't, I don't know that I've read many and those that haven't aren't making an impression. So I'm not sure if you can call a book by one creator an anthology, but that will probably go mad at me because he's a stickler for definitions. But uh, this may figure itself into that category if I don't come across something else in the next few months. It, it, it fits. It fits. Oh, nice. Sorry. <laughs> nice. It doesn't have to be from different. No, yeah, it doesn't. It, it's, it's you a, got a butt hurt last year about one of my picks. No, like, no, I got I got butt hurt this year because you're like, yo, this is going to be like my 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 best OGN and shit. And it's a reprint, so it's not even. <laughs> that's that's the thing. It's. But a collection of stories, an anthology, it doesn't matter how many okay. creators or how few creators. You heard it here first, everyone. DAP approved. Yes. Alright. It's all you need, right? Yep. So I was going to talk about Star Trek. Um, <laughs> wow. And I, uh, but I caught up with, uh, with, with Afterlife with Archie after, uh, Vince's, Sweet. Vince's constant pushing and prodding and making sure that we're all, uh, on the same. Gut punch, right? Um, Jason, are you caught up as well? I think so. You read issue 10? Ooh. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, we can talk about up to before no, I got, going to 10, dude. It's fine. I really don't before care. I got to, uh, before I finished reading issue eight and before I could read nine and 10, Renee is a big Archie fan as well. And, and I was basically telling her what's going on. And, mm-hmm. um, it's, as I'm basically laying everything out and, and what, 
what attracts me to this story is, and this, this blows away Marvel Knights 4 and anything else Roberto wrote and, and that, that I've read that, that he's written anywhere else. I, I absolutely adore, um, Afterlife with Archie, the story he's telling with this. Francesco's art is killer. It is, um, but what I, what I absolutely love about this series is that there, there are no rules. Nothing you don't know. The, the, the last two people that are going to probably be alive are, are Archie and Hiram Lodge. That's, I, cause there are no really, you, it, if you are, if, if, if you are attached to any of the Riverdale gang, it just don't. Just stop, yeah, just, right? Just, whether, I mean, it's, it could be like, it, it's, it's just, you don't, nobody, is safe and and every time and and I was kind of like I was like all right you know at the end of the fifth issue where they uh Archie makes the decision that we have to leave we have to leave the mansion we 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 can't stay here because and even Smithers is like listen food's going to run out generators are going to run out and then we'll be trapped here surrounded by the horde if we move then at least we can stay ahead of it we can survive and and the lodges are not, you know, Veronica's basically just going to follow daddy, especially now that, you know, Archie is not really paying her as much mind as she would prefer. Right. Um, so, so she, um, so it's basically nice. the lodges versus everyone else as far as the, the mindset of the group. But in any event, um, I, I, you get to the end of the fifth issue and you're like, okay, so, so now it's just, it's now they're just walking and, and, and they have to survive and, and, but we take a break and we cut to an issue focusing solely on a character who was in the first issue that kicked all of this off that we haven't seen since. And at that point, I realized this is why Vince loves this series. Yeah. As soon yeah. as, as, as you're reading, and I mean, he played his hand. It, it, the, the last page reveal was not as shocking as the, the doctor she was talking to earlier. Mm -hmm. I mean, once, once you get his name, you pretty much know where, where it's going. And it was a, it was an awesome image. I mean, the, the creature coming out of the water and, and, and Sabrina just, you know, on that stake. And it was just, so after we get that and what was a nice touch was issue seven where some of our survivors are recounting dreams that they've had. All dealing with the previous issue, which I thought was super touch. Um, but we see the, the the group not unravel, but we're we're, we're seeing we're getting some inner monologue and, and knowing how they really feel and and what um, what really their frame of mind is. And then the the tenth issue, though. Just really, I was gonna, I, I was gonna slack you guys because I was like, that just that makes so much sense. I can, abs I absolutely see it because to to have to to finally bring Josie and the Pussycats into the story and give the backstory that they give for these characters, it just makes absolute sense. And and yep. I mean, from yep. from start to finish, every time I'm like, I don't know. I don't know where they can go. I don't know how they're going. It's not even like, oh, I don't know how they're going to top this. It's right. I'm, just, I'm along for the for the ride. At no yeah. point do I feel like anything is being padded out, or there's filler, or it's just it's it's a constant move. It's mm -hmm. it's I don't know 
how many delays there are between issues or how long it took us to get from issue one to issue 10. I, I chugged the past, the, the, the past six issues. I just, cause, cause I kind of, I stopped around issue three and I'll just like, I'll catch up. And so now that I finally had to, I just ran through six issues over two days over the weekend and I had to catch fire. It is absolutely, it, there is like I was saying with, um, it's control last week. You can't, you can't guess where this is going. You can't assume no. that you're like, okay, well, this is who's going to save the day or this is what every time you think, okay, this character is going to do this. They go in another direction. And every time you think somebody is going to redeem themselves, mm-hmm. it's not going the way you right. to go. That's one of the things I like the best about it is there are swings. In these depictions, the afterlife with Archie depictions of our beloved characters and our beloved characters, some of them swing just a little. Like Archie is, for all intents and purposes, the same mm-hmm. character. He's a little more mature, a little weathered, but he's still Archie Andrews right. at the core. And then you have the ones that totally deviate from what we know, like Sabrina. Sure. Right? But there's one character who had stayed exactly the same. Uh, would his nickname be the Magnificent? He's the big bad at this point. Reggie. Yeah. Reggie is exactly, Re- Reggie is exactly the same. Yeah. There's no difference between this Reggie and, and the Archie Reggie. He's vindictive, jealous, conniving, mm-hmm. self-centered, egotistical. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, you could see Reggie in the comics, the, the, the regular Dan DiCarlo, Archie, kid-friendly comics, hitting Hot Dog just because. Yep. And I think that's brilliant. There was no tweaking necessary no. with that character. And there are other – they, they have um, – you know, obviously it's a more mature it, – it's it's it has adult – tones to it there are there's an adult bent when you have you know you have a couple of characters who um one wants to be out with her relationship with her friend and the other is not ready to take that leap you have um you have you have a character asking for 500 bucks from a friend because she needs it and she can't go anywhere else to to ask for and that's and and but that that Absolutely, almost put me on my ass because it it kicks off the entire thing. Reggie has to meet Midge. Yep. Midge is like, I need to borrow five hundred bucks. I can't go to Veronica. I, 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 nobody else I know has it, but I know you'll keep it quiet. And he's Reggie because of all the women in River. And that's when my man. I'll get to that in a second. So, so, so. But you know, you know why he's, he's hot on Midge? Reggie? Why? Because the other two he realizes are far out of his oh, lane. Oh, sure. never, He'll sure. never get with And him. at least, and he can, he may, Archie is, is, in his mind, I'm sure Archie is more of a comp, is more competition than Moose is. Moose is just, Moose is a big right. dude. You know, he yeah. can't, he can't compete on a mental level. So he figures, you know, I'll just, that'll eventually win Midge over, I'm sure is what he's thinking. So, Midge is like, I need the money. Reggie's like, no problem. Moose shows up, sees them talking. Moose and Reggie have words. And at this point now, Reggie's just pissed 
and and he decides to take it out on on the the, the whatever walk walks in his path. The easiest target, exactly, an animal. Um, yeah, but then once even before that, when the the group has to has to take a vote as to whether or not they're going to kick someone out of the group, and uh, and and everybody is is voting yay or nay. Uh, and that was another part that, that pissed me off with, with Lodge where, where Smithers votes with Smithers. his, his Veronica and Hiram and, and Hiram's like, yeah, that, that almost, uh, forgives your earlier transgression, but it's at least a step for your atonement. It's like, you're such yeah. a dick. Uh, but Reggie's reason for voting to keep her in the group is because we may have to repopulate the earth. So she's my shot. And I say we keep her. Yeah. And it's just, I, you, there is absolutely nothing redeeming about this character. Mm-hmm. No, no, at all. And you know what? I always thought Mr. Lodge was a little bit too nice in the original comics. A very successful businessman is not going to act like Mr. Lodge does. Maybe towards his daughter. But I mean, as far as like, you know, inviting the whole neighborhood over for a pool yeah well i mean yeah, it, it's it's common for a father to think that the the person interested the the man interested in his daughter isn't good enough of course, of course. archie would never be good enough but he was just a little bit too jovial he, he, he wasn't bloodthirsty enough no but he he's now yes he yeah, yeah we this is this is this is more it's strange that a, a zombie apocalypse makes these characters more grounded in reality. Yep. It's a great book. It is. It absolutely is. Could come out quicker, but I, I have to give them props. The, the last couple came out fairly quickly. But I mean, it, 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 they've been consistent. It's, I mean, between, between looks, between the writing, between, I mean, just the package from start to finish so far. And I don't know. I, I I don't know where where they're if there's a definitive ending. I don't know if if they're just gonna keep I it going. Not. I just, but yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's as and every every time you get to the end of an issue and it's like oh next issue this character rest in peace or or you know you're gonna yeah. see something. So it's and and they're it's it's smartly written in the sense that we get we get to catch our breath. So yeah, all right. So not much has changed. We had from we went from Thanksgiving. To them, and I don't know where the fuck Riverdale's supposed to be. If they're supposed to make it to the CDC in Pittsburgh, and they're stopping mm-hmm. at a hotel in Vermont, it's like, hell, are you going? For, I didn't know. I didn't know Riverdale was in Canada. So you have <laughs> you you you're. It, we have the Thanksgiving issue, and then it's Christmas, which complete with you know the ghosts of of all our Christmases, and then you have. Uh, we cut to Josie and the Pussycat. So, which of course is, is also a flashback story, but then the, the last couple of pages tie into what's happening currently. And, and it's just, it's everything. It, and even the flashbacks, even when, you know, Reggie wants to tell his story or, or we're finding out, you know, what, what was up with the blossoms or anything like that. It doesn't, it doesn't screech the story to a halt. You don't feel like, you know, you're, you're, you've, you lost your ground because you had to stop and read about what happened a few months ago. And it's just, it's, it's just, it keeps, it's a, it's a good clip. It's moving at a really, really good clip. Yeah. And to cast the most sympathetic, good natured, 
um, lovable character as the zombie king was stroke of genius. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every time, and, and as, 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 uh, as Reggie is walking through the horde, every time he's like, okay, well, all right, yeah, Jughead, Jughead should take me out. Cause you know, that would be, that's, that's fine. I, I heard Jughead. So naturally, and then it's like, oh, okay. So no, Jughead's going to walk. Oh, it's hot dog. Well, that's poetic. Yeah. Let it be hot. Dog. And it's just like, every time you think, you're gonna, you might feel sorry for this dude because he's finally gonna get what's coming to him and, and he's, 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 you don't want Reggie to get it with open arms. You just, you, you want him to suffer. And, and at that, and then the last page, when Sabrina talks to him, now it's like, okay, so now we're back to you being a dick. And, and yeah, just, it makes See, that the, sense. Out of everything you said at this, on this book, I have to disagree with you on one thing. I think the last two characters are going to be Archie and Reggie. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. No, yep. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there just because it's... It, no, it's just a guess. Who can say with this book? Because you're right. It, it is unpredictable. I mean, it's kind of in the title. So you, yeah. you, you kind of figure Archie will be last man well, standing. I think that's a safe bet that Archie uh, will be the But yes, yeah, so it, yeah. it could be absolutely... It, it, it could be Jughead. Maybe Sabrina turned... You know, it, it, it's, but it will, you know, however it ends, it's... I'm. I'm optimistic based on these 10 issues and, and how the story's been going. I'm optimistic that it will end satisfactorily. So I'm just, I, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to think about, you know, how it could end and oh, that they left uh, that, that just took the wind out of it. But, um, it's been, it's been just, it, it, it's been a really fun ride. And I'm not, I'm not earlier this year. And thanks to Jason, I, I caught up and, Ran through a shitload of issues of The Walking Dead. So I, I've, this may not always be the subject matter that I'm looking forward to, but I am, it's, this is a, a very nice surprise. I mean, they're characters I know and, and to see them, uh, like this, it just, it's, I don't want to say it's fitting, but it just, it, it, it makes sense. It just, it's, especially since, Archie is ending up with, at least right now, who he should end up with. Every, it's the, the, the right. Reason, I mean, everything, everything, nothing is, nothing feels forced. It's not like, oh my god, that character mm-hmm. would not act like that, or or that. I can't believe that character would be that stupid and and get caught. Everybody, they've they really just exaggerated. I don't want to say exaggerated. They've amped up the, the personality. Everybody is who they are. Just, yeah, I'll say exaggerated. Just, just taken up a notch and, and, uh, it just, and which is why it, it probably just reads so well because nobody is acting differently than they have in the God only knows how many decades these, these characters have been around. Right. So. Yeah. Except Archie's smarter because he went with the, the only reasonable choice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, who's he going to go yeah. with Cheryl? <laughs> it's like, that's all right. And his, I mean, and, and even with the adults, it's like, you know, the few adults you have left, and even that makes sense, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, and, and it, it's, you know, what Archie had to do with, uh, and, and Betty's parents, it's just, it's, it's been, yeah, it, they, they've, these characters have, uh, have really gone through a, a, a lot, but everything just, it's a book that makes sense if, if you can yeah. just believe that. Yep. Cool. Jason. Speaking of Walking Dead, um, I read uh, Fresh Out of the Box, 
volume 26 of The Walking Dead. And uh, I won't get into the spoilers because people get all freaked out about the Walking Dead spoilers. But I will say that uh, much as Dap and I suggested when we caught back up, uh, I'm re-engaged in it pretty pretty meaningfully. And, and I, I think that uh, Kirkman's kind of refound a new path. And I, uh, I find the new antagonist to be crazy. And there's a there's a jaw dropping last page of the volume that that uh, left me aghast. <laughs> and I'm I'm reading you know my 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 oldest son reads it too and so we uh, I read it and then he read it right away and I was just dying for him to finish it so I could be like oh my god he's like I can't believe that just happened um so you know it's um I mean it's it's in a way running parallel to the show at present right like. I mean, the show is, uh, we were introduced to Negan last year and, and we, we know he killed somebody. We don't know who. We know who he kills in the comic, of course, but we don't know if they're going to do the same on the show. We'll find out soon enough. But, uh, in the comic for over a year, Negan has been locked up. He's been their prisoner. And, uh, let's just say things change. Things so change. this, this volume, Covers issues 145 and up because that 144 was the last issue I read. No, th- this is the one after that. Um, okay, all right. Uh, this uh, I'm not even sure what. Let me see what what issues they are. Hold on one second. But I'm pretty sure that was that. That's volume 25 is the one you were talking about. This is issues. Um, yeah, well, this is one fi- 151 to 156. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Because all right, because. Comicsology volume twenty five is one forty five to one fifty. So okay, so you're even. Yeah. All right. So yeah. I have I, I have a year's worth to catch up to. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're you're pretty much. This is all about like the Whisperer Wars. Pretty much what all this is. Uh, yeah, man. But uh, it's it's very good. I know we spent a lot of years not talking about it, but uh, I think that was more us, not not him. Yes. All right, I'll catch up. Yeah, for sure. I would let I would share it with you, except it's paper. So when you when you come for, you I'll know, read it. In, I, okay, weeks, I'll read it next month. Well, I just give you the I'll just give you the volumes. You just just, just give them a read. Okay, cool. That's sweet. <laughs> I'm gonna give Vince like uh, like eight years worth of volumes. To read. I got him. What have you been reading, Vince? You've been quiet. I just talked about it, uh, calamity of challenge. But oh, okay. I read something. Yeah, I was going to do this in my in your travels, okay. but the hell with it. Let's talk about it. Did either of you read Trinity Number One? I started to, but then I paused it so I could read the. I, I don't want to say stupidly <laughs> because I don't, it, it seems like it was a waste of time, but it, it annoyed me. Uh, it's not going to be my inner travels, by the way, but I, I started to read Trinity. I, I got to the first page and I'm like, Oh wait, you know what? Jimenez is back on Superman number seven. Oh, see, I didn't read and that. And I yet. loved his he art. Mainly, so I'm like, but before I read that, because it's been so long since Amazing Spider-Man was mentioned in a positive light on this show. Oh. I'm like, let me 
And then I read it and I says, and it will continue to not be discussed. In oh, damn. So that's not but, good. Now, okay. Before you get into Trinity and, and I want to hear about it because I do want to read it. Um, I, my, my dissatisfaction with the current Amazing Spider-Man ongoing, which mm-hmm. starts at the cover because I'm not a fan of Ross's covers on this series. Uh, but after, after, uh, it's true. After, after the whole Scorpio thing and, and the Zodiac thing and, and, um, now they follow slot and company follows that with, um, with bringing Iron Man into the book along with Miles Morales and Mary Jane going up against Regent, who we all just saw him fight a few months ago in Secret Wars. So I'm like, is this really, do we need this mm. character to show up in, in the new Marvel Universe so soon? So all of that's happening and annoying the hell out of me. And, I, and, and then at the end of that issue, the end of that arc... What, what issue number is this, by the way? Uh, 14-ish? Oh, wow. Um, it's, uh, hold on, I read... Up to, I read up to 15. Mm-hmm. I started issue 16 because the end of 15 ends with, uh, ends with a cliffhanger where someone in Peter Parker's life that isn't Aunt May, um, collapse to the ground and needs to be rushed to the hospital. Um, and that's kind of who? Betty. No. Huh. Uh, Jay. His stepfather, or his oh. step uncle, his, uh, his, his stepbrother's, uh, father. So, and this is, this is leading up to Dead No More. So I'm like, okay, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this whole, um, you know, clone conspiracy storyline and, 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 you know, Jim, Jim Chung on, on Spidey. Uh, so I'm like, all right, so let me read this, what, what I've been missing, um, and, and up, so I started issue 16 and, uh, Jay is at, uh, Mount Sinai Hospital and, and, uh, he has an, apparently a, a, a rare genetic, uh, and hereditary disease. Uh, so Jonah and his son John will be tested and, and made sure that, you know, they, it can be, um, tended to before they get too ill. But I didn't get too far into the issue because then I'm like, you know what? I need to read. Superman. And, and so that's, that's why I, long story short, too long, didn't read. That's why I haven't read uh, Trinity yet because I was trying to read other things so I could talk about other things that we haven't talked about recently. And that did not go according to plan. Uh huh. Right? It's pretty long winded. That's good. A little good. bit. Like little bit. So I will use it as my inner travel center okay. because we're, we're creeping up on, on three hours here, Look I guess. You're looking okay. at the clock and shit. Wow. Yeah. We gotta maintain, come on, three hours, that's asking a lot, right? Yeah. But you know who doesn't ask a lot? <laughs> Discount comic book service. Discount comic book service, because you can get your books for a mere fraction yeah. of what everybody else is paying. Yeah. From Image, AD After Death, Book One, Jeff Lemire, who you just heard, and Scott Snyder, 299, three issue miniseries. Department H, hardcover, volume one out of Dark Horse, Matt Kent, Charlene Kent, $9.99, and B. Clay Moore, Clayton Henry, Louis LaRosa, and uh, Savage from Valiant, $1.99. In your travels, I implore you to read Trinity, 
because it was written and drawn by Francis Manipal. Yep. It cements the fact that the Batman and Wonder Woman that are running around in the DC universe really don't know this Superman. Right. He's a newbie. Yes. And Lois gets the bright idea of having them all come over for dinner. And that's all I'm going to say. The book is littered with double-page spreads showcasing the Trinity doing what they do. And it is absolutely gorgeous. The Batman's the best. But not to slight the other ones. There is a double-page spread of Batman in the rainbow costume mm-hmm. to divert attention from a, a, a Dick Grayson with a broken arm. There's a Superman Batman double-page spread. It's just there's a cheetah Wonder Woman suit. It's a great-looking book. But if you are enjoying what's going on in the current DC universe, and you should because it's really great stuff, this book will make you love it even more. There's there's one part where um, Lois kind of wonders, and, and, and she must be visibly shaken at the appearance of, of Diana mm-hmm. in her home. Given what she experienced with the New 52 Superman, she loved him, they were an item, and Lois beats around the bush, but she's kind of like, Dia and Diana's place. I want this person to be my friend. What was is just that in the past. I have no uh, designs on your husband other than knowing what or whom I'm going into battle with. Other than knowing I would, I, I would right. like to be friend. No, it's a great little scene, and it, it it humanizes Diana. Who that's the Diana can be. I mean, she's a she's a goddess, right? She, she the, the her humanity falters sometimes. We we forget sure. that that she's she's got a heart mm-hmm. and a soul, and this this uh, pretty much uh, reminds us of that. Uh, Bruce is a little bit of a dick, as he should Shocking. be, right? Yeah, no, it's a great great book, and it's it's somewhat lighthearted. Uh, Jonathan is going to be a major player in the DC universe because they are cramming this kid down our throats. Which is good. I like it, and I like him. It's a fun book. Read it. Trinity number one. Okay then. Yeah. Nice. Uh, in your travel, something I decided to take a stab at uh, over the past two days. I urged Jason to read it. I'm sure he did, or he will. Uh, this is from Image Comics. That was a dig, everybody, in case you didn't realize that. No, no, was it? (laughs) Go ahead. Uh, it is, uh, it's, it's from Image Comics. It is by Jonathan Hickman doing what Jonathan Hickman does really well. Of course. And, uh, art by Mr. Tom Coker. And it is the Black Monday Murders. My dude. This is, I, I want, like Vince says, every time something tickles his taint, I want a hardcover of this. I want it <laughs> oversized. This is Vince. Th- or this is what I kind of wanted the nightly news to be because everybody loved the nightly news and oh my god, it's the best comic ever and I can't believe in graphic design and this, that, and the other. I, I didn't, 
I still don't. Stop it. I I didn't uh, see it. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I, the news was, was cool and all, but it did not light my ass on fire like it did so many other people. Hashtag crazy. Yes. So. I don't want your ass to be lit on fire. <laughs> this did. Uh, there is, there's definitely, oh, there's, Vince, there's, uh, there's, there's language in here reminding you of the, uh, of, of Hickman's Avengers run with the, uh, with the world builders really? and their, and, and yeah, and their alphabet. And there's, so there's just a little bit of that in this. And, uh, but it's, it, the whole graphic design sense of, of what Hickman, Hickman's design work is, is, Parent in this book there's, yeah there, from there's redacted from, chapters right from what i could see it's very exactly. photocopy e which i love that faux yes. photocopy yeah. thing where it looks like it's been like a, duplicated a million times and it's gritty and pixelated and dirty i like tom's that. art Sorry. tom's art is killer the uh the it's just it's something that you can in, at least according to these preview pages uh it, First issue is over 40 pages. So, I mean, you're getting a lot in here. Uh, the, um, it, it kicks off way back in, uh, 1929 and it's, it, it does bring you up to the present day and there's a detective uh, investigating a murder and it is so, all the characters kind of, well, especially the detective, Kind of feels real. He, uh, he's, he's definitely, uh, he says what's on his mind, but he's, he also, he does play close to the vest. He's not going to, so he's not, obviously he's not going to tip his hand if, if he's got a, if he's running an investigation and he, and he needs to get to the bottom of something, he's not going to just tell every, walk into a room and explain to everybody what's going on. He needs to, he's, he's observing and that's, that, that's what's cool is you're actually seeing the way, the way Hickman's writing it, the way Tom is drawing it. You're, you're able to see, um, how he's kind of playing the room and, and, and getting a feel for who all the players are and, and, uh, and, and to see where, where it comes. But it's, it's, it is every time I just, I turn the page and I just, I can't, I can't stop reading. I get to the end of the issue and I'm kind of bummed that it's the end of the issue. I, I, the art is amazing. The, the story is just, you know, I, I'm not, I am not hung up right now on when the dying and the dead is coming back. I am not hung up on really anything else with the exception of maybe East of West. I'm not, I, I'm not looking for where's my next Hickman fix. You know, why isn't he working on this book? As long as this keeps coming out, I am, I'm, I'm very happy. With Hickman's output right now, this is, uh, it, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's the guy that, you know, really told a hell of a story with the Avengers, but, uh, this is just, I, man, I, the book itself is, it just, it, it feels like a Hickman book and, and Tom's art is, is, is a bonus. It's, it's beautiful looking package and I, I am just, I'm, this is one of those things where, you know, okay, it, 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 here's another first issue or new series from Image that, uh, that, that hit the ground running and knocked that out of the park, which, um, I haven't said it about too many recently. I've wanted to, I've, I've checked out a few and I just, and, and I, I haven't been able to just, 
it hasn't knocked me on my ass, but this absolutely has. If if you haven't, if you've been on the fence, if you were like, oh, I saw Hickman's got a new book, but you know these other books that he's been writing, I'm not check this book out. That's dope. I have a few um, belated shout-outs. Um, our buddy Nick Brokenshire, long-time listener and creator, yep. um, has been doing some work for the IDW Judge Dread book. Yes. And he most recently did the cover for the subscription version of Judge Dread number nine which was uh, written by Ulysses Farinas and Dan McDade on art. And uh, he had asked a few weeks ago if we could shout it out when it was being solicited, and we missed that boat. But for those we, of you that fuck. are... <laughs> we. I, guess, I, guess, I guess he emailed the wrong person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Facebook messaged me. Um, but either way, uh, it's going to hit the stands here shortly. And uh, if if you are so inclined to be heading to an LCS... Check out this uh, book, Judge Dread, issue number nine. It's great. Uh, Indeed. And then uh, a gentleman who I have um, had the great pleasure of getting several commissions from over the years, Mr. Alessandro Maselli, who I first met uh, when he was being repped by Essential Sequential, but he is now being repped by Paolo at Cadence. And, uh, you know, we are in a world where art is ever increasing in its cost. And it's pretty hard to get a kick-ass commission for under a couple hundred bucks these days. Legit. It's pretty hard. Um, and Alessandro is one of the few people that I think allows you to do that. So you can go on to Cadence Comic Art and uh, get commissions from him right now for like 120 bucks, which is ridiculous because the dude's commissions are off the chain. Um, so, yeah. So I wanted to shout it out because... Uh, it's my boy. I'm glad to see he's hooked up with our other boy. And uh, his commissions are ridiculous. They are a true value. So I would ask that uh, all you budding OA collectors that are looking for a bang for your buck, that is a uh, spot to be. And then uh, for the book, I just want to um, send a shout-out to uh, B. Clay Moore uh, and Jacob Wyatt for Aloha Hawaiian Dick. Uh, God, I mean, B. Clay's been doing Hawaiian Dick for... Jeez, I mean, like, before we even did the show, right? I feel like he was starting to do, like, the book, like, even before we started 11 o'clock, right? I believe so. Yeah. Um, and there's been pretty big gaps in between, like, arcs and stuff. And, you know, uh, Clay's worked on other things and other comics as well as, you know, other career and stuff. But, uh, but the, uh, long over, a long awaited, long overdue, uh, uh, follow up to, to it is out now and it's uh I've read the first three issues. Um and it's awesome. It's it's a Hawaiian detective crime noir, um, very simply. And it's executed to perfection. Characters are great, uh intrigue, well paced, art's beautiful, and uh it definitely deserves as many eyes as we can get upon it. Jacob White's art is is off the chain. It's uh it's it's really, really Terrific. It's it's not quite in like the vein of, of an EC style, but it's I don't know, it, it it it's still there's a kind of component to it that reminds me of that. Um and uh I just I really think more people need to get their eyes on it. Because uh, I haven't seen a lot of people talking about this book and like you know, an image puts out so many quality books that 
un- unfortunately there's there's tiers, right? There's books that are like super hyped and then books that uh get some hype and then books that just fall onto the wayside and uh I uh, I don't want this to be one that that doesn't get the attention it deserves because it's been a lot of fun and it's uh it's great to see Clay back doing his character again so cool nice I wanted to talk a little bit about Jerusalem oh <laughs> yeah but but I read thirty pages and I can't tell you oh, what the hell man. it's about ask <laughs> uh, an it, answer it, yeah it's good mm-hmm. but. Can't tell you what it's about yet. All right. Yeah. Not about this. No, it's not. Not Northampton. Yeah. That sucks. (laughs) But uh, very well written. It's just that it's a bit... So far, it's a bit meandery. And I'm only on page... Isn't it 1,000 pages? 1,200. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a big boy. I will not be reading it. I I will. (laughs) I, mean, I will finish it. It is. It's yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. But um, it's Alan Moore, so I will um, defer to his magnificence and and take him at his words. Magnanimosity. Right? So there you go. Uh, hey everybody, if you enjoyed any of this, please do us a solid and leave us a iTunes review. We would very much appreciate that. Uh, tell a friend, bring them in, join the club, go to our Facebook page. Uh, we welcome you there. And we're always in, always in the mood to talk about comics and stuff. Jason has instigated a number of new features to that. Jason and David. And, uh, they're, they're, shut up. They're, they're, they're amazing. It's fun. You can go on there and just post images or talk or have a great time and, and meet some people and form lasting friendships and just do it. Uh, and as always, I gotta say the, the words, say goodnight. David. Good night. David. 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 See, I, I even did the echo. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> Don't leave me hanging. Okay, there we go. Come back next week, people. We love you so much. We'll see you then. Well, you'll hear us then. Probably. You know we love this. You. Bye. Peace. Deuces.
a man you will never bear a shall have.